This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're heading in for our lobotomies as we watch Spine 301 in the Criterion Collection, Jane Campion's An Angel at My Table from 1990. But first, RJ, do you, do you hear that sound? Sounds like uh sounds like a dingo, potentially a wallaby of some sort. I, I can't quite place it. What is that, Jared? The, the, the faint hint of a didgeridoo. Yeah, it definitely sounds like uh, a different hemisphere is uh, chiming in here. But uh, yeah, that just could be the Coriolis effect. I'm not sure. Indeed, indeed. Well, we're joined by our long time, longest time listener that still listens mm-hmm. to the show, Oliver Granger from Hello, New guys. Zealand, which is kind of near that? Australia, but you know, it's very near Australia. Very yeah. near. It's closer to it than we are, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. I, that's a that's pretty factual, RJ. That might be the hottest mm-hmm. fact you've ever dropped on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got one or two. I got one or two. Yeah, you got So, uh, I got some facts. So, uh, yeah, the long-awaited return of uh, Oliver Granger. How how you doing over there? Oh, fantastic. So, I don't know what your... Oh, I know what your national dish is. Maybe poutine? But ours is... Um, <laughs> Ours is uh, pies. I'm not sure if you do. You have little hand, sort of hand-sized pies. Like uh, I, I guess you won't be able to. The Key? listeners won't be able to see. Kind of like a quiche. But instead of a big, yeah, no, it's like it's a mince pie. Yeah. Um, instead of a full size, it's more of a single serving pie. And so, to record this podcast is like midday for me. So I, I just took the day off work. Uh, recently, the New Zealand Pie Awards, which Ooh. is a black tie event. Uh, and so I sourced myself New Zealand's best pie, which was a steak and cheese this morning. So my day started fantastically, and it's all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah. That you you really had poor judgment on that one. So wait, the best pie in New Zealand just happened to be in the same city that you live in. Does that happen yeah. often? Well, yeah. Being being in in the big city of New Zealand, everything's everything's here. Really, Tauranga, a couple oh. of hours down, three hours. They win a couple of awards a lot. It's all in Auckland, and this place I've been to before, they've they sort of, I don't think they've ever won the best pie. They've won some awards in other categories, but this was the overall, yeah, pie winner. So what was it again? Steak and cheese? Steak and cheese. Steak so and cheese? Yeah, so the big thing, it's steak, cheese, and then the awards are given out to pastry, and then in a steak and cheese category, it's the steak to gravy ratio is, is the most important part. Okay, now important question for the listeners out there: Is it just savory pies? Yeah, so it's there just is, savory pies. There is a fruit category. I'm not sure if they if they gave awards to it this year, but no one. We don't really do you know pecan pies and pumpkin pie. We, mm. You know, maybe at a sort of New York style restaurant or something like that. But no, here it's all about on the corner next to what we call dairies. You might call them convenience stores. You got a bakery. Mm-hmm pies oh yeah that's our big thing that, that reminds me uh there was we had like a some instagram exchanges about like big dairy down in uh new zealand are you allowed to talk about that or will yeah. they uh potentially hey do guys, something about just, you yeah no let's just yeah, let's just skip right past that one no the yeah. dairy industry they they run our country right uh and, and it, yeah and every aspect for you know we talk about greenhouse emissions and all that we're a bit slow to catch up and that's all dairy industry and 
yeah, they 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 run the show here for sure. Mm. See, they're trying to do that up here. I don't know if you heard about that Burger King commercial a while ago. They were blaming the cows and the farmers on uh, carbon emissions. And uh, mm. up here in uh, Alberta, people didn't take too kind to that. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine. Actually, I, 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 I was going to say, I want to go back to the pies real quick. So, like, how common are these pies? Like, if I came to Auckland, would there just be people eating pies, like, everywhere yeah. I went? Like, you, you could step out, of, yeah, step out of the airport. You'll, some guy's got a pie. It's, it's a big tradey thing. So, so what we call a tradey breakfast is a pie and, and a V, which is an energy drink, you know, like a monster or something okay. like that. A big can of V, a pie. That's, yeah, the tradies live off that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it is not a good way to start the day. Like, it's pretty, it's, it, you know, at the time, but then instant, oh, that is a brutal, <laughs> brutal breakfast. I mean, that sounds okay. I mean, I've started some days with some pretty pretty uh, rough stuff as well and i guess i guess ours is poutine right Jared? but i don't think if you came here i don't think you'd see people just eating it everywhere mm. you went unless you were at a re- actually at a restaurant oh, not God. a lot of street food poutines mm. not not in creepsville at least so what's your big street food then do we have one Fuck, not not here our, our city's not big enough our city's all old people so we don't have a lot of street food uh i mean I guess poutines, hot dogs. When, when, well, yeah, when people get like super like fucking loaded at the bar and they, they mm-hmm. what is it? Was it Skippies or something like that? Spankies. Spanky hot dogs. Spankies. And, it was yeah. this old, it was this nice old lady who had a little cart and uh, her thing was called Spankies. And she would go sit up outside of the bars at 3 a.m. So when everyone came out, you get a Spankies dog. You ever put down any Spankies dogs, Jared? I have. You have. Mm-hmm. Look many, at you. Many, many moons ago, and it, it is like the best food in the world at two in the morning. I gotta tell you. Yeah. I think it's like the like kebabs. I guess. Uh, mm. I think that's more yeah. like a. I'm not sure if that's a New Zealand thing, but it's definitely an, yeah, an English thing. I was talking about yeah. their fucking kebabs. But yeah, yeah, it turns out that uh, Canada's national dish is indeed the poutine. Mm. I, I didn't, I didn't really know it had that designation, but. Yeah, we we didn't even really have a poutine place outside of uh, Costco uh, for a very long time, and now mm-hmm. and now uh, yeah, we have whatever is it the, the poutinery. Yeah, I mean, there's like designated poutine places, but like all of our fast food places have like some variation <laughs> of poutine. Like Burger King has a poutine, <laughs> Wendy's has a poutine, A and W has a poutine. They all have poutine. The only one who didn't was uh, pretentious ass McDonald's. They're like, no, we're not gonna do poutine up here, and everyone's like, why? I, I don't but then they came around. They came around. I didn't. I, I didn't even know they did that. Well, they they piloted it for a while. I don't. I, I think maybe it wasn't too popular. The McDonald's fries can't withstand the force of the gravy. You know what I mean? None of the us can. Force. None of us can withstand the force of McDonald's fries. Maybe that too. That's right. Maybe that too. So so everyone's doing good. Everyone's uh, having a good good summer. Well. <laughs> Oliver seems to be flying high off of this uh, this big pie, uh, mm-hmm. National Pie Award. So that's pretty good. Uh, I, I bucked through another toilet seat this week. That was pretty disappointing. <laughs> oh, you didn't. I did. Oh I did. So God. I don't know if what you, you noticed. What, you, what, what, are you, what are you doing over there? I don't know, man. I Well, you know what I think it is? I think I'm the only one with, with the truth and honesty to actually talk about what's really going on in there, if you know what I'm talking about. Um but when you came over to visit here, I think uh, I, I had already installed the uh, the newest seat. So if you if you took it for a whirl, you were lucky, my friend. That was a brand new toilet seat. 
What is what is this you just sent me here? Yeah, on the chat, I just I just want to yeah. send the chat before, just before we get off poutine. Uh, uh-huh. So a, a local or a national burger joint tried to do poutine in New Zealand, and see that image on the right. It's, it's, we don't have cheese curds here. You just, I just don't think it's a thing. So it's more like grated cheese, I suppose. Huh? Yes, that's, that's atrocious, right? It just looks like a, it's, it's, good, it's, it, 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 that is a clump of fries. If anyone wanting to listen, burger fuel. I, I don't know what the other thing is though either really that's uh it's a, it's a lot of shredded meat it looks yeah, like which, yeah which that's a thing i mean there's like yeah people sort of like well i can't just have a you know poutine i've got to have like some some meat in that you know be satisfying <laughs> yeah i i've never been about that game uh, i like just the cheese and the gravy that's uh i don't need i don't need to overcomplicate it uh as Jarrett was mentioning earlier the costco poutine is uh what we are big advocates at so i'm sending this back your way oliver granger yeah that looks good compared to your poutine this is what we usually deal with Mm -hmm. the the older i get the more like i'm into simple flavors you know what i mean like if i order a pizza it's a pepperoni pizza it's not like barbecue chicken works or something like that so with poutine I, you know, I don't have it often, but you'd have it, you know, no, no additives. Or I'm quite into um, Philly cheesesteak at the moment. Oh, yeah. Just steak, <laughs> cheese, onions. You know what I mean? Just simple combinations. See, I'm with you because I always yeah. like, I like having pancakes on the weekend. I like making mm. pancakes when I have the time I can get up. But Andrew is always trying to throw in whatever fruit is about to go bad <laughs> into our pancakes. And I hate it. I hate it, you guys. It's always like, let's put this apple in there. I'm like, no, I don't want to put an apple in there. And she's like, why not? And it's like, I just want plain yeah. pancakes. I don't mm-hmm. want to fuck them up with any of this horse shit. Just plain pancakes. And like, I, I, I get why she does that. She's trying to use the food we have. But I'm like, no, just, just throw the apple out. I just want plain pancakes. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my uh, that's my cross to bear, you guys. Straight, straight into the, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Straight into the garbage can with that crap. Leave my pancakes be. I know. Well, it's like she's like, why don't you want to like put some fun stuff in there? It's, it's like because like, I just like them plain. How about some chocolate chips? See, even that's I, I would like maybe one or two chocolate chips, but if I'm putting down pancakes, I just want plain pancakes. With I want my syrup aunt, or my syrup. syrup. I was gonna say Aunt Jemima, but that's a that's no Cancel no no anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, we can still buy it in Canada though. So if anyone wants one, uh, we can still buy it. it. Hasn't been taken off our shelves yet. <laughs> we can smuggle it out. We does can that, uh, does, send a crate down. Does Aunt Jemima have the sort of silhouette packaging, or is that uh, Miss Buttersworth? You know, the sort of the packaging oh, shape is the yeah. lady. It's Buttersworth. Yeah, it's Buttersworth. Yeah, Jemima's just like a normal thing, but uh, it's just got a big picture of her on the front. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now it's I noticed a building. A, what? I don't even know. I think it's called Old Mill Syrup now. Pearl, Pearl, <laughs> Pearl Milling Company? Is that? Pearl. Pearl Milling Company. Original pancake and waffle mix. I don't know. It's not very sexy. There's, there's an interesting sort of thing about canceling, um, what is it, Aunt Jemima, which mm-hmm. is obviously is a racial stereotype, but... It's just another way of removing sort of black faces from every day. You know, replacing it with sure. what steel mill or whatever is, it may be a stereotype, but it is, it's a, it is a, people look at Aunt Jemima as a positive thing, you know, syrup on mm-hmm. pancakes. So removing that and replacing it with, with steel mills sort of just eradicates it all. 
I think you're onto something. I think we should get General Mills on the line here, and uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll patch you right through, and we'll see. We got it. We have a white man from New Zealand. Yeah. Who is a straight a, white male, he, and I've got something to say. He's, he's got, he's got something to say. Bloody, yeah. you know. Were, were I think you, we're onto something. Were you busy on Twitter this weekend talking about <laughs> He Man? Oh, demescalated He Man or something like oh, that. Oh man, that like every day I just like I go, you know I pop on Twitter for a second like trending. It's just He Man. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who are these like man children who give a fuck you, about He Man? Well, Kevin Smith fans, isn't Kevin it? Is he involved in that? Yeah, yeah he is. But like, apparently they all hate Kevin Smith now. Uh, but apparently it's like because it ends on a cliffhanger and the story's not concluded. And it's like, yeah, no, He Man's going to come back because it's like a story, and people are pissed. Grow up. Yeah, I, I didn't look into it too much, other than I saw a actual quote from the show that was "no love, no or no glove, no love," and I was kind of like, "I wonder why that's in He Man," but that's a Kevin Smith thing, right? Yeah. Talking. So I, I, I watched actually the first episode, like kind of just had it on in the background, just randomly, not not to see the controversy, but I did know about the demasculation or whatever. But but when he pumps up to He Man, he's buff. He's still buff as shit. Like so, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't fully understand what they're talking about. No, it's probably best. It's just best to keep it that just, way. Yeah, yeah. Best not to know. Watch a uh, shitty Godzilla animes instead. Oh, did you watch it? No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even watch the original. The the original Netflix trilogy because that first that, thing that's was horrible. so that's bad. Horrible. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't even believe. And then I had no idea until you like, emailed in saying, oh, yeah, there's another one. It's like, I've like, you know, there's a guy on my Facebook feed who is like this big Godzilla's man. And I didn't, he didn't tweet about it at all. Nothing. Like, not a message, fucking nothing. So I'm like, huh, yeah. curious, like how it's just not on the radar. That's a, that's a spoiler for uh, if anyone's wondering when I'm going to be back again. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it, I think it took us about five years to get here. See you guys in another five years. Just we're on three hundred and one. I think Godzilla's like five ninety eight or something. Oh, Godzilla's a th- well, uh, oh yeah, yeah, go, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gojira, just the, just go, the Gojira is uh, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And then I find, yeah. I'm like, whoa, Godzilla. It's like that's uh, ten years from now. Yeah, yeah. Nine Yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you at the at the the single Godzilla. Oh, I'll book okay. that in now. I was fantasizing aloud the other day that like maybe one of these days Criterion's just going to stop doing the spine numbers. And that'll be it. Like I'll be like, "Fuck yeah, it's over. The nightmare's ending." It's the it's the, like their only gimmick, though. Yep, pretty much. You but know? but I think we've clearly demonstrated uh, it is not a good idea to watch these movies in spine order. Because I mean, it's, it's it's completely arbitrary. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason. Like no one planned on any of this crap. It's just like, yeah, uh, this is when the movie was ready to go, and we're going to release it in this season to capitalize mm-hmm. on say like a sale or something like that. And like it's just like, yeah, they dump the movies out whenever they do it. Uh, that's about it. And so you're watching mm-hmm. them, and it turns out you, you just wind up hating movies more. Uh, as yes. you go along, so that's what it's like. What a great success, John! <laughs> hey, he's trying to. He he's he's very less involved with it now. I think he's just kind of yeah. in the back of the yeah. meetings and just kind of nodding his head. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys throw in whatever Netflix movie <laughs> yeah, you want. That's fine. He's too busy uh, checking out his crypto portfolio and mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so how have you been the last two years, Oliver? Good? Swell. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. So you said, what, 2019? It, it was 2019, was yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess just added another kid in the mix. Kids are growing up. It's all it's all kids. Um, 
But yeah, last two years, no, nothing changed. I'm in the same place. Yeah. Same Good. job. Yeah. Are you still an incel? <laughs> still an incel. Well, yeah, I don't know where these kids are coming from, but. I don't know. Where do kids come from any any yeah. time, you know? Like, I was told I was found in a bush. So, to, you know, completely derail things there a little bit. <laughs> completely. So, what else is going on over there? Are you still a Houston fan, even with the... Uh, yeah, I got my... Yeah, even with the cheating. So, I was watching yeah, the even with all the this cheating. morning, actually. Uh, they smashed. It, it's unfortunate. So... I know so one of your friends or something was quite dismayed by my sort of Houston sports uh, uh, support. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just, you know, when being an international fan of American sports, you know, like other, others I know, and they sort of can just pick and choose or follow certain players, it's quite hard to naturally get a team or a couple of teams. And mm-hmm. so I was never into sport. I have really horrendous knees, so I never played sport. And because of that, most likely I never watched sport. Also here is just rugby, so it's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got married, I got married in the States, and I wanted to just see any sports game, and it just kind of lined up Houston Rockets to fit the schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that became my basketball team. And just and then I wanted to get into baseball, and I just it's just easy for extension, just, you know, stay in the yep. same city. So, uh, yeah. I get this full sport experience now because the Rockets were near, cha- you know, almost winning championships when we started watching. Now they're the worst team. And okay. so instead of me being able to, you know, do what others do and just choose the next best team, I, I have to deal with, you know, the now five years of of, of just, oh, just tragedy. Is and then and then also, yeah, I was a fan of Astros and then they got out with cheating. Like, I was just like, no, mm-hmm. this is part of being a sports fan. I just have to deal with this. <laughs> what a, what a well, that's your cross to bear <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of like being a fan of this podcast too it's like mm. you, even though we do things that are reprehensible it's like i guess they're just here for the ride and it's yeah. fitting that you're here as a, our longest time listener and can, uh collaborator um i think you have a uh you have a stake in this curse as well because i'm pretty, pretty you're probably you the reason we're still here so uh so from the beginning so it's so, on you as much as it is us. Is oh yeah, no, I I do, I I do feel like a joint shared pain when you mention it on the podcast. I, I mean, you talk about the cross you have to bear. I, I do feel like I'm in that mess. You know, when you say yes. we got a cross to bear, I feel like I'm part of that week because I was looking at it now. So I'm only six, only six of the movies covered I haven't watched, and all about Fanny Alexander, uh, um, just due to sourcing issues. Like I don't, I don't mm-hmm. refuse to use the channel because I just found it horrendous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm keeping up, man. I've and it like we've probably talked about it before, but it, it ruined not only my movie watching but my life as well. So. Yep. Well, and and that's what I mean. We we know that that we've ruined a lot of people's lives, but I, I do think that you're partially to blame as well. So mm. um, it's all of our fault, is what I'm saying. It's all of our fault. <laughs> right. Something's dinging behind me. I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. <laughs> Uh, yeah something is dinging i wonder what that could be what's in that room behind there is there a man in there where's the uh the sort of data posters and stuff or is that in his bedroom oh that's he's moved offices he's moved offices oh right because uh i think like to the left of him is his office that he was in yes and that's that's where uh, uh the data uh full size 
Oh, was. yeah. I don't have my my data poster. How, hmm. you, were you here when I got that, Oliver, or did that come no, after? That was long after. after me. I've I've never seen it on on. Uh, you fucked up. Zoom, uh, Skype session. I was gonna say Zoom. Well, when we uh, when we take a break, I'll, I'll relocate it over here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, put it back. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, gents, we've got uh-huh. some uh, emails. Uh, one I want to address really quick. This is an email. This is a comment left on uh, YouTube. Uh, on our episode, uh, The Lost Honor of Katharina Blum, uh, from an individual who wrote, you do not need to use stupid and vulgar language and being more knowledges of time and of films were made. Mm. Mm. I think they might have a point. Maybe we do need to be more knowledges of time and film. What was the stupid language we used? I don't know. (laughs) Who fucking knows? (laughs) Just generally? Yeah. Someone else also said that we missed the point of uh, chasing Amy. No, I, I think we know what the point of chasing Amy was. <laughs> no. I think maybe that person missed the point of chasing yeah. Amy. I don't think we were even that hard on that movie. I think you oh, could I, have been way harder. <laughs> well, I mean, I do regard it as one of the worst films in the Criterion Collection, but hey. But still. No. Yeah. So, Oliver, do you ever feel the need to uh, leave comments on YouTubes about uh, podcasts that you disagree with? I... First thing I just want to address, like, I don't want to talk about it too much, but uh, that's another reason why I'm on the show today, because I thought, you know, feudal era Japan you need to know about, so I thought New Zealand movie, mm-hmm. yeah. spoiler alert, you need you need a New sure. Zealand, you need to know about the country first, so sure. you guys enjoyed my seminar before the show about the history of New Zealand to yeah. the 30s, um, mm-hmm. but no, so the thing about commenting, and you know how people talk nowadays about how you know everything's so divisive politically and also online just everything's Mm. so divisive and i was talking to a friend who's more on the right side than i am uh, and she said what you you know i might she's like i might be more right-leaning but when people are interacting online it is literally the far left crazies and the far right like you have to be mentally unstable to be interacting with anyone online comments reddit Mm -hmm. all of that so that's why stuff looks so divisive you just have to admit if you have the energy of writing this crap out on YouTube, you are mentally, there's something mentally wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I think we should put that as a banner on our YouTube page, <laughs> just like in the about. If you are commenting on these videos, there's something wrong with you. Mentally wrong. Mentally wrong with you. Quote Oliver Granger, proud oh. Australian. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay. Good, good to know. Good, good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Well, first off, with our emails, uh, we got. Sugarhead, ooh, oh. baby, with crikey creeps. <laughs> hey, Jared and RJ, hope you're doing well. Coming off a nice three day break from the pod, happy to report I only had to listen to a little bit of the last episode because approximately 15 minutes in, Jared said, "Spoilers: The Life Aquatic is really good," and that was all I needed to hear. Thanks. Of course, I'm just kidding, and it was good to hear from the real guy himself, the king of burgers. I know Oliver Granger is a big basketball guy, so I thought I'd ask about the recent NBA Finals. How did you all feel about the Bucks winning? Is there any hope for Chris Paul to win a championship? And does anyone mm-hmm. care about Chris Paul, really? Will Giannis be the greatest of all time? Have a great time watching Crocodile Dundee this week. I hear it's a pretty good show. Regards, Sugarhead. So, Jarrett, do you want to take the basketball question, or should I? Ah, I'm going to pass it to you. (laughs) Oh, oh, look at that. Lingo. Wow. 
was on. I'm glad we already talked about Houston sports. So Chris Paul was on the Rockets for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a big Chris Paul fan, and and I thought it was a tragedy that he didn't win um, a championship this year, and that's probably his last chance. Um, uh, what else did he ask? Also, yeah. When when I started back in when I started watching uh, sports, it sort of got my mate interested, and he started following the Suns. And um, at the time, Houston Rockets were the best team, and Suns were the worst. And, and I sort of threw a bet down: look, if the Suns ever beat the Rockets, I would literally suck your dick, um, knowing that it was a pretty likely that I was never going to have to do that. Once it got really close, and actually came down to a buzzer beater, um, so that was a bit awkward. But yeah, so because my mate was a uh, fan of the Suns, I started following the Suns into the finals. Was, uh, last year, I basically didn't watch any sports without the audience. It just felt shit. And also, uh, it's probably talked about on the show as well. It, it, what, during COVID and lockdowns, listening to sports stars whine about, or not even whine, or sometimes positively say, oh, we're all in this together. It's like, bullshit, you're in your million-dollar mansion, like having the time of your life, and we're all suffering. So... I, I basically after COVID, I stopped following any sports stars because I couldn't. Their content during lockdowns was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I was a big. This year was really. I think it was one of the most exciting. I've only been watching basketball since 2017, but I thought it was one of the most interesting championships. It was marred by uh, injuries, unfortunately. Um, it was basically whoever whoever's team got the least injured. Uh, made it to the finals uh but yeah i was rooting for the suns heavily so uh on saying that i don't follow giannis that much but he i know he's a, he's a greece a greek player and he sort of he resembles everything that people think's great about the nba a foreign player coming from nothing rising up he stayed with the same team through a lot of shit you know his trade talks early you know a couple of years ago and he stayed with it did it and i'm you know i'm glad for him so yeah it was it was a really exciting uh, finals this year do you think being from greece do you think that giannis needs to uh wear more gold chains <laughs> during uh, basketball games potentially or do you think it's the right amount that he has oh fuck everyone <laughs> oh man everyone in basketball wears gold chains so I, I feel like giannis is more of one of those humble his foreign roots probably makes him a little bit more humble in the league and and so he's yeah i got nothing Nothing to say, and I'm not being uh, brought into it. You know, I'll talk about the Italians and anything else. I, I don't know enough about Greeks. We don't really have them here. In Australia, they do. Huge, yeah. huge Greek problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they say it's never racist when it's against Italians, and I feel like Greece is, like, just close enough. It's like a half-brother. They're, they're kissing cousins. They're yeah. kissing cousins. Gold chains, olive oil, all sorts of stuff. Whatever you um, need. It's all there. It's, uh, it's all in the name Greco-Roman. It was butt naked, that kind mm-hmm. of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a teacher when I was in high school who was always like, "We'll settle this Greco-Roman wrestling." And then it wasn't until later on in life I was like, "Wait a minute, that wrestling was naked." And I was like, "What was that guy talking about?" I never found out. I never found out. Oh dear. So, we're but we're still dating to this day. <laughs> uh, next email is yeah. from uh, Dylan Frogert. Ooh, he's on a streak. Or as he signed off here, the Froag. Ooh, not sure what that means, but okay. I like it. I like it. Nonsensical ramblings. Howdy, boys and Oliver. 
Thanks for the Dagon recommendation, fellas. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Impressed to see Life Aquatic at the top of Jarrett's list, but not the top of RJ's. Not even above Tenenbaums? Uh, well, I think I kind of mentioned on uh, that pod, I do think Tenenbaums is a better movie. I do like Life Aquatic more, but I don't know. I was... I don't know. My list is a farce. There's like 300 movies in there. Yeah. Half of them I don't remember watching. That Don't go off of my list. It's made up. Does this mean you're trying to be more objective in your rankings, RJ? As you mentioned, thinking Tenenbaums is a better movie, or have I finally descended into the depths of incurable insanity? Anyways, question mm. for Oliver. What's your favorite kind of sandwich? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this reminds me of... <laughs> You had that guest on once who just couldn't handle the food questions and he sort of wanted to skip past them. And I was like, fuck the movie talk. It's all about the food questions. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, all right, I guess I'll go with my uh, Australian roots. Uh, do you guys have Marmite or Vegemite over there? Uh, yes. We, we, yes. It, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. not commonly eaten, though. It, it's there. It's an option. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Vegemite cheese and, and and chips as well in a sandwich that that is fantastic. I I only ever had uh, Vegemite once when I lived in the dorms and it was a girl from uh, England. Maybe it was the Marmite, whatever is more popular. Yeah, shit, Bovril, mate. I don't know. Yeah, they have a couple over there. Promite. One of those, and uh, I thought it was real gross, and I've never eaten it again. Maybe maybe now that I'm older, I would like it more. But uh, mm. yeah, I think you can buy it here in like the. Uh, like the import grocery stores, like, you know, like the Asian supermarkets, like one like that, but you don't see a lot of it, you know, a lot. So that's a gross sandwich, but okay. Mm -hmm. It'll be in the international aisle at Walmart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right beside like the Tabasco sauce and the, uh, like bubbly water. I, I, I wonder if, uh, in the international section at Walmart in New Zealand, if they have Prem Nah, I never heard of Prem. Our international, we don't have a Walmart either, but our international section is mostly, like, say, you know, American foods, and you know, it's like Pop Tarts and Ooh. Dr Pepper, that kind of stuff. Nice. You big Dr Pepper guy over there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned yeah. before, Dr Pepper is my jam. So I, I don't do sugar. So finding, like, you know, I mentioned my perfect day today finding you know getting the best pie in new zealand but another perfect day is if i went into a store they had either dr pepper zero or a and w zero uh mm. something like that would like if you find it randomly here in a dairy my god you just know it's going to be a good day <laughs> yeah i can uh, i can sympathize with that when you go to a place and it has exactly what you want it's a good feeling mm. and it doesn't happen very often so that is good that is good uh, Dylan concludes, never even oh. heard of the film from this week, but it seems to be mostly well received. So good luck with the show. Try not to bully Oliver too much. <laughs> the, the Froag. Oh, we have, I have never bullied Oliver, not uh, personally or virtually. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, a, um, a kind, uh, kind of thing to take care of each other. I don't know what I was going with. Shut up, Oliver. Last episode, because uh, it was like, I was like, it was, you know, so fucking long. Right? When it first came out, I just skipped to the end to be like, oh, what do they say about me, you know, coming on next week? And it's sort of Oliver Granger's going, oh, fuck. <laughs> but you got to know, we're usually pretty positive about people. So if we're, if we're like talking about how much we were, weren't looking forward to this, it's only because we, we care about you that we're being honest. Mm. So that's, that's just the hard truth, man. Tough love tough love mm -hmm. which is Jared's specialty right Jared 
the toughest loves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next, an email from Rupa Granger. Oh, Holy shit. shit. <laughs> Females? It's the subject of female. Nice. Hey, creeps. It's been a long time. I've still been here listening in even through all that Star Trek talk, uh, even though all that Star Trek talk has been riveting. I've held my tongue until now. Oliver wrote me into watching an angel at my table last night. I don't know what you guys thought, but those 138 minutes just flew by. As a Kiwi, I can vouch that uh, Campion really got the essence of New Zealand. I even had to double-check the year it was set. Everything still looks the same as it does now, though homes and fashion hasn't really changed much. (laughs) In keeping with the theme this week, I'd like to know what your favorite New Zealand film is. I know it's hard to only choose one. Mine would be Eagle vs. Shark. Until next time, Rupa. Uh, well, it's so nice to hear from females. Like, what a what a rare treat. I don't know about you, Oliver. Do you get a lot of females in your life? Uh, just yeah, just the the one emailing in, and then the the two girls, our two daughters. That's it. That's all I'm allowed to be around legally. <laughs> For legal purposes. Uh, New Zealand movies. I might have to pull up a thing here to. Lord of the Rings yeah. doesn't doesn't no, count. It doesn't. Lord of the Rings doesn't count. What about uh, Meet the Feebles? That definitely Ooh. counts. Right, well, see, my the one I uh, kind of stand for is a uh, Killer Sofa from 2019. This this uh-huh. like the, the, the inanimate object like movie that everyone seems to think is a piece of crap, but I was like, this is fine. <laughs> like I don't know, mm-hmm. it, it's like a free movie on a, a streaming platform. It's not too bad, and the absurdity of a killer sofa, it worked. you got to play it as straight as you can with a little bit of a sense of humor. I thought that was good. Uh, I'm scanning. I'm rolling back from 2019. Oh, I didn't realize that Deathgasm was New Zealand. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll, um, while you're looking, I'll, I thought this question might actually come up by someone. And mm-hmm. so my recommendation is called uh, The Navigator, A Medieval Odyssey. I have um, heard of this movie. Oh, it's, 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 it's so good. So it's about so 14th century. I mean, when, when you're talking about 14th century, past like the 1800s it could be any time you know right. what i mean yeah you, uh, you have no idea uh, so it's sort of a, a village in england trying to escape the black death and somehow they get uh pulled in a wormhole and brought to 1980s new zealand so it's like fish out of water you know 14th century dudes interacting with 80s kiwis uh mm. yeah it, it's it's a good premise but like uh the director is sort of our version of um of course, all the names are going to escape me. Uh, Terence Malick, uh, cinematography-wise, uh, it's it's yeah, my hard recommendation. Vincent Ward. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Vincent Ward guy. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my faves. Um, that does sound cool, though. Roger yeah. Ebert once hailed him as a true visionary. Mm, yeah, he's 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 top top notch. Like, if you like. Terrence Malick, you like this, like, sort of, don't worry about the story. Everything looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's fine. I think I'm going to go with uh, what Sugarhead said, and I think uh, Crocodile Dundee is probably my favorite New Zealand movie. Right? That's probably fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Half of these movies that are, like, claimed... A lot of co-productions? <laughs> yeah. Like, some of these, it's like, there's no way that was filmed in New Zealand. Or, like, is from New Zealand. Like, Turbo Kid, isn't wasn't that a Canadian movie? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think the produ- 
producer there. Maybe he was a New Zealander. If I got right, if I got that right. Well, yeah. Then there's like things like the Tommy Knockers, which was filmed in New Zealand, but it's mm-hmm. US production. Which I mean, I would have never guessed that. Uh, I'm gonna go with the entirely New Zealand-based uh, "Bad Taste" from Peter Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's entire like filmed and from actual New Zealand mm-hmm. people, right? And that's before he screwed up our entire film industry with Lord of the Rings as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, you gotta to make an omelet, you gotta break a few eggs. Am I right, Oliver? <laughs> Look, I love Lord of the Rings. I don't, I, I don't even know enough to to know what I'm talking about regarding the film industry, but I know sort of tax breaks for for big American companies kind of screwed everything up for local. I thought uh, the the Quiet Earth's pretty good. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic. No, they hmm. they exist. They're out there. There's probably it's as not, many. There's, yeah. there's probably just as many good uh, New Zealand movies as there are uh, Canadian. No, no shit though. Uh, like Australian movies are on another pile. Like I like New Zealand movies being a New Zealander, but as far as a country producing really good films, Australia has, has smashes us. They, they they make some fucking mean movies. Like The Plumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit, that was good. Yeah. That's Australian, right? Yeah, that's like, correct. Yeah. 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 I got one, guys. I got one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say bad taste because I feel like a bunch of these other movies I have in here, I don't I don't think are genuine uh, New Zealand films. But Like ABC's what do you do? GIF might be in the list or something because it was produced uh, by New Zealander. This is what Letterbox is telling me is from New Zealand. Uh, the Last Samurai district nine which is a hundred percent a south african film i think widow uh, was involved and in, in last summer i was filmed here oh okay well maybe i'm wrong i don't know i don't know slow west i don't know if that was filmed from... here that one was mm-hmm. yeah yeah I thought that it'll movie... be filmed here you know because we're like one of those tax havens you come over film a movie for cheap as and it's like uh what happens in canada here. right oh yeah yeah it's what was happening here right now with uh that place beside us gets film stuff all the time. Like they were filming that show last week and then they did ghostbusters there. Like the new one coming out, uh, that the preview just came out for that was filmed in the same place. Interstellar was filmed there. So like, if you want the end of the world, you'd come to creepsville cause mm-hmm. we're, we're already halfway in the grave. Uh, apparently we got the, the same thing. Are. Sweet tooth was all filmed based in my city. Uh, oh, you right. know, yeah, mm-hmm. just if you want some derelict sort of, buildings and things like that yeah. but but your your kind of derelict post-apocalypse is where nature has retaken things yeah. and is, is regrowing our apocalyptic stuff is where it's just dust and there's no life and so that's your, why your apocalyptic yeah. movies were post-apocalyptic movies yes yeah. yeah exactly yours is where the world is uh like rebuilding and renewing and ours is where everything is still shit and that's just our daily life yeah and that's okay Next up is Shane Gordon with an email, Killer Whale Me. Hello, creeps. Mm -hmm. Not much to say today. Just trying to get you to 10 emails so that lazy guy RJ shows that he can read. Oh, you don't, you don't. Lazy. Didn't happen, Shane. Sorry. There's no way with three days notice you were going to get 10. No, not, not a chance. I mean, three's (laughs) impressive as it is so far, but yeah. I believe you asked how we would want to die in the ocean or something like that. I just wanted to say that I would want to be kayaking in the ocean off Vancouver Island and get taken down by a pack of free willies. I believe that would be epic and newsworthy. Just looking for that 15 minutes of fame we're all chasing. Have a great show. Well, there you go. Our first person who's ever uh, responded to uh, the, the, question? The, the question at the very end of an episode. That's good. 
When did we mention dying in the I, ocean? All the, I, I don't like, remember that. I, I feel like we might have gone off to die in the ocean maybe on last week. Mm. It's possible. Oh, I see. I don't know. I, I will say, we've mentioned a few times, I think the best, most candid stuff that we do is in that last two minutes after about 98% of people have already gone. Mm-hmm. And now that I say that, this episode will be the exception where yeah. it's just uh, complete the, shit. But the, uh, the drizzling shits. The drizzling oh, shits. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, usually we're pretty hot. So Oliver, how would you like to die in in the ocean? Yeah, because you're actually or by the ocean. Gen- yeah, yeah, we're sur- surrounded by ocean. Uh, I think uh, the only other option is drowning, right? And there's no bloody way I'd want to go down like that. <laughs> which, which is a common theme in an angel at my table. Mm-hmm. Lots I, of drowning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'd want to be sort of uh taken by you know like a chinese fish fishing vessel that sort of hangs around our borders um yeah so are we you get talking about like the, lo- the long line fishers like the shark finners and stuff like that yeah like yeah the they, they, fisheries they, yeah. yeah that sort of uh ex- you know extend their borders well into the pacific um yeah get caught in a big uh trawling vessel yeah i think that's fine and just to clarify for our chinese listeners out there that was oliver granger's statements and uh he is uh in uh, new zealand yeah australia I, I was the town of on, new zealand in the country australia i was planning on starting this episode because last time i said i was playing a character so i want to make it clear anything i say in this episode this is my personal opinion this is all me <laughs> i'm not playing a character at me smash the tv on basically everything yeah you are you're making things real difficult for yourself. <laughs> some people some people are going to start coming for you. Like uh, it's not going to be nice, but you know, do whatever feels right. Do whatever feels right. And finally, we have Justin oh. Peterson hey. getting taken for a ride. Hey, Jared RJ, and friend of the show, and first ever emailer Oliver Granger. What's happening? Mm-hmm. As I go on adulting over the years, I have figured out that honest auto mechanics and AC repair people simply do not exist. In this latest experience, I dropped my car off around mid-morning to get an alignment done ahead of going on a trip. Then they did not call me back until 15 minutes before they were going to close and urged me to get over $1,200 worth of work done. I then took my vehicle to my gearhead father-in-law, and he said not to worry about any of those recommendations. Are you all big car maintenance boys? And do you remember a time when someone really tried to screw you on an estimate for some work? Oh yeah. There's they're dirt bags. <laughs> they they're mm-hmm. they're liars. And uh yeah, just just ignore them. Like unless you're like, literally having a problem with your car, don't don't listen to these uh these outfits cuz they'll tell you all sorts of things <laughs> that I've never got, I've never gotten a single one of these things done and the vehicles continue to run without like any issues for like literally 10 years you're you're taking food off those guys' kids fields they're just trying to make uh, a buck just like everyone else an honest buck like street grifters (laughs) an honest buck man yeah yeah sounds like you got a lot of greek mechanics over there oh yeah those (laughs) guys got gold chains 100 percent. that's a gold doesn't Uh, buy itself jp's Mm -hmm. problem was the wheel alignment place and so i've had the same experience with uh, someone who a place that's just supposed to do tires you know i went in for one tire it was christmas eve i was going to do a massive road trip with the kids so i knew my tires were, were pretty screwed and so i got reamed into buying four tires um and I, I felt horrendous about it but i just it was christmas eve and i was about to hit 
the road, you know, like four hour drive. I was like, I just can't be bothered right now and go shopping around. But oh God, the cat started the the uh, printer. Um, when yeah, when those when they're trying to if you're living off just changing people's tires, you're gonna find a way. They yeah, they they check your oil and shit when you're there. That's not what I asked, man. I got transmission oil needs replacing, your oil needs replacing, and then they chuck a chuck a uh, what did JP get a alignment on top of that as well and mm-hmm. so what i this is an honest recommend so i did the same thing with it i need my aircon broke in my car and i went to a certain place that did it and it was just costing a fortune if you can find people that come to you they base their business out of a van or whatever uh, way cheaper mm-hmm. is that is that a thing yeah so i yeah i got my back windscreen smashed out you got a windscreen place it's going to cost a thousand dollars got a guy in a van to come in it was like a couple hundred same with the aircon. Hey, there, there you go. Guy in a van. Yeah, yeah they they got lower overheads. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, if you have an issue, call a guy in a van, and he will come to your house. <laughs> Let him know where you live, number yeah. one, and uh, make sure that he knows you're vulnerable and un- yeah. unable to yeah. solve these problems yourself. Because <laughs> I think that is uh, the key to uh, success. <laughs> there's, there's two of them. One getting there's uh, Charles and Larry. They're gonna come yeah. by. They're gonna have. It'll be great. It'll work out just fine. Yep. And Charles goes, oh, I don't know about these. These are pretty expensive. What do you think, Larry? And Larry goes, oh, shit, those are the worst. One of the worst things we ever had. Just no good. And they'll say, you got a pretty wife. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then, and yeah, it's all downhill from there. Very questionable. So that, that's, some, Very that's, questionable. Hey, that's some free advice. That's some free advice from all of us. Sure. Uh, from you guys, for sure. Yeah. RJ, too. Uh, yeah, I don't fuck with any of that shit. No, that's that I is did, that isn't a thing here though, right, RJ? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, like, guy, I mean, guys like, in vans come, no, coming by and like fixing stuff up. I mean, there's like phone numbers that are attached to people. I mean, and they, they will do that. Yeah, they, they have a, a registered company. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm unaware of these vans that uh, come to your house but uh one time some guys in a van tried to sell me a uh, movie projector that was uh only three hundred dollars originally twelve hundred uh, <laughs> what a steal and, uh, what a steal i was just like weed eating the yard and they like pulled up and they're like hey we got this van full of these we we can't eat. we're tr- <laughs> We, we, we're, we're just, we got to get rid of them. And I was like, what is this? And it was just like, like you know, like when people would project onto like a bare wall or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I, I remember as soon as I, I was like, nah, get out of here. And then as soon as they left, I Googled it and it was like white van sales. And it's like guys who just sell projectors out of their white vans. So we have that. <sighs> okay. Which is cool. Did, did you could, I guess you could have asked like, Hey, I need some new shocks. Can you uh, hook me up? <laughs> Can you hook that up here? They might have been able to. Yeah. No, I actually, there's a dude I went to elementary school with who is a mechanic. So uh, I think, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast a couple months ago, my uh, driver's side window fell <laughs> out of my door into like into the door. I took it in him and he, he was pretty good. I think like, I, I wouldn't know if he overcharged me or not. I have no fucking clue with that shit, but oh well. Yeah, they're uh, unless you're actually friends with these uh, these assholes. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're they're gonna take you for a ride. Could you imagine sort of moving town or something when you don't have an established base of mechanics and trying to find like a new mechanic or something like that? Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's horrendous. 
I can't believe the most anticipated show in Creeps history is finally upon us. As Oliver joins you guys for talking about a movie from his homeland with Spine 301. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about this one, especially since it is a female coming-of-age story and RJ hates women. Wow. And possibly not red, (laughs) poofy hair. I think he's alluding to to the, the, the ginger type person, RJ. Uh, I have red hair in my family, mine. Yeah. If I if I grow my beard mustache out like real big, there there's some red hair. You get in there, some right? red, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the red in there as well. The red beard. I think everybody's got a little bit of that going on. Yeah. No, I I got nothing against red hair. I I find all that stuff a little silly when people are like, uh, gingers with no souls and stuff. It's like, yeah. I don't know. They're actually they're they're like the most rare natural hair color in the world. So it's if anything, they they should be worshipped. <laughs> right. Oh, I do not have <laughs> red hair, so I, I, I'm not. I don't have any vested interest in this. I'm just okay. speaking plainly. And as far as this hates women thing go, I have never in my life heard such wild a- allegations. Never. At least it's, yeah, never. So uh, was that it? Uh, no, of course not. Oh. Of course not. <laughs> Goat movie question of the week. What are your favorite films from New Zealand's favorite son, Russell Crowe? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that like true. me. He's yeah. born here, but he's he's considered Australian. So, yeah. do, do you ever see him kayaking uh, in Auckland or anything like that? Isn't he a big kayaker? I've had, yeah, I don't know, man. You tell me. No, I've yeah. seen, I, I don't know, <laughs> have you seen him eating? Not recently, but I wish. I wish. <laughs> Jared's pick is 100% Noah. Well, that's that was uh, that was Justin's thing. Remember he that remember that he played Noah. I, oh, yeah. I, and I do. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Man, that was a wild ride. <laughs> old old Rusty Crow. Yeah. I already know. No, RJ's pick. What what is it? Master and Commander, right? Surely. Fuck, you're so wrong. Look at you. You come on episode one time, you get this false confidence. Uh, my pick is obviously Dundee, the son of the legend returns home. Uh, starring Danny McBride. Russell Crowe's in there, apparently. Jesus. No, I have no idea what that is. I have not did, seen much did, Russell Crowe did, did, did that movie actually come out? That Dundee movie? Yeah. I, I mean, it looks like it says 2018. Actually, no, it doesn't. I don't fucking I don't know if this came out or not. Hmm. I have no idea. Um, I have seen thirteen Russell Crowe films. That's it. I've seen um, yeah, and I've I've seen twelve. Shit. Yeah, I've uh, seen nine. Yeah, actually, Oliver's right. Master and Commander, probably. Well, it's obviously but, well. I mean, there's a yeah. old uh, is Bud uh, in L.A. Confidential. He's pretty good. I remember in his uh, his debut to me was Virtuosity. Ooh, that sounds not good. No, I saw that in theater. Even, I mean, Gladiator's pretty good. He's he's pretty good in the Nice Guys too. But uh, I think his best performance is in the Mummy. Have either either of you guys seen the Mummy? Not yet. But was that two thousand the seventeen one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I Have haven't you seen that. Oh, oh it's horrendous, baby. Yeah, you guys got to check that thing out. <laughs> that will uh, that'll ruin your day for sure. But uh, he's pretty pr- pretty spectacular as uh, Doctor Jekyll in that one. My my, I would say uh, mine's uh, Romper Stomper, an early movie where he plays himself. Nazi skinheads in Melbourne take out their anger on local Vietnamese. 
Oh, yeah, so I've, specific. Oh, yeah, I've I've seen Romper Stomper. That used to be like a pretty weirdly popular movie around these parts amongst that, like that was, high school <laughs> kids. That was like, sort of a Fight Club style movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You go. You. Oh, I really. You know. I really. Uh, relate to the main character it's the whole thing where you're missing the point of the movie if that's yeah. the case well it's so, like that and like watching uh american history x like, i was yeah. just gonna say yeah yeah these people yeah. all exist in the same nebula you know the romper stomper american history x fight club scarface and, and then they'll throw scarface in there and they'll be like i'm not racist i love scarface and you go mm-hmm. <laughs> let's check out these 11 celebrities from new zealand wow <laughs> That's Apparently, the, number one is Lord, which I didn't know. What are your favorite films? Or say, this like any thoughts on these other famous Kiwis? Um, Keith Urban, what? Who's Sonny Bill Williams? Because uh, rugby player. Ah, uh, who is Taiki Watiti? I've never heard of this person. <laughs> My I like favorite. Or sorry, I was gonna say I like how it just says "Flight of the Concords" and it doesn't even say their real names. <laughs> names, yeah. My favorite's Cliff Curtis. He's a New Zealander, but he play he's he can play any race. So in any American movie, he's played Mexicans, you know, terrorists. Um, <laughs> it's sort of if they need someone of vague brown race, they get this guy, my boy Cliff Curtis, on on there. Well, I think in Training Day, he plays like a, a hardcore like uh, Mexican uh, like gang member, and I'm pretty sure I've seen this guy play Navajo before. Yeah, I think uh, he was in The Fountain. I I think I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. So straight Spanish, like from Spain. Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. Zena herself. That was Zena, Zena was all filmed was filmed here as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go more thing follow this uh secondary link about sixteen products from New Zealand. Oh god. Number one is Whitaker's. It's a chocolate <laughs> brand. You ever had that? Uh no, can't say that I have. Have I'll, you I'll send, I'll send, I have not. I wanted to send it over because I still haven't sent you a package, sent you my package. Uh, oh. But I, I was worried about sending food because don't you, you get taxed to shit or something like that? Maybe. <laughs> Asking Oliver, have you ever been to check out the Hobbiton Village? Mm. Yeah, so I have. I've, I've been there once. It's, so after Lord of the Rings, they didn't prepare for the tourism, I don't think, after the movie. And so Hobbiton... Uh, after Lord of the Rings was literally just a hill with like uh, some faint remnants of a film. And so when they were making The Hobbit, they like Hobbiton was already a big thing. People going to see the bloody fucking hill. So after, after, after they made the Hobbit movies, they had a chance to go back and make permanent structures. It's actually, yeah, uh, it's expensive, but it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Any Lord of the Rings fan I think would be, really impressed by it to be honest you know those those, those people that live lord of the rings or you know like yeah yeah that you know people get married there and shit of course they do i was gonna say it sounds like a sponsored ad here coming in it's like, uh, yeah, if you if you mm-hmm. love those movies i mean you should definitely come come you guys if you guys come here i promise it's we you can do the drive there and back to mine so uh, that's a promise if you to come to new zealand i'll take you to hobbiton no what what if i'm covid positive uh, well here it doesn't matter anymore but uh, wow. COVID doesn't covid doesn't exist here so i don't know what that is so before we get to that i just sent you guys a link uh, alberta has one hobbit house just one and it is currently for sale so uh if anyone's interested i think well, it's you're looking for a house aren't you 
Yeah, this one's a bit above our uh, my price range, um, and it's not. I have nowhere, no idea where Millerville is. Mm-hmm. Millerville, Millerville. Where is this place? Let's check it out. One one point uh, three is as RJ knows, and yeah. probably Jared actually. I've sent you both um, New Zealand real estate, so that that's cheap. That, that's cheap. It's, it's, for us, so. it's a steal of a deal, uh, 1.3 yeah, yeah. million for a house in the in a ha- it's a hamlet. Yeah. So yeah, so Millarville is a hamlet just south of Calgary. It is about two hours from Creepsville, so uh, that's not that bad. It's just it's north of Black Diamond and Turner Valley. Just north, just north, not too bad. So it's doable for sure. I mean, yeah. Calgary's in the middle of nowhere, so two hours south, it's... 1.3 million seems a bit steep. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, that's uh, we're, we got a lot of space up here. Mm-hmm. But what Jarrett was talking about is uh, our government decided today, I think, the first place in the world that ended the pandemic. It's over. We they, it's, they it's an said, endemic. It's done. We're done. They said if you test positive, you no longer have to isolate. You do whatever you feel like. It's recommended, but that's it. Still recommended, but not. Uh, it's not. You're not legally required to anymore. So they they dusted their hands of it. They say we're it's done. done. It's over. It's done. <laughs> Yeah, good job, guys. Well, it's the best summer ever here. I don't know if you know about that. That's what our premier keeps telling us: best summer ever. Yeah, best summer ever. So I got for all you internationalists that are doing it. Uh, mentioned last summer for us because we're obviously opposites. Winter now, but summer for us. Uh, previously, said so it's like December, January, February. It was pretty bizarre, eh, for for us because we basically locked down 2019. No. 2020, sorry, for eight weeks or something. That was that. We had a couple of little lockdowns after. And so, yeah, it was... COVID for us has been so weird because we were sort of just having these summers of, you know, just absolutely beautiful summers and everyone's mixing and mingling and, and then watching watching the world sort of burn. <laughs> uh, yeah. A sense mm-hmm. of, I've never felt nationalistic before because I don't think it's a good thing. But uh, yeah, that was a little bit of Kiwi pride there. Well, on the flip side, we hated you, sons of bitches. <laughs> Everyone in Canada. Is well, like, you we, leave these. We, we were guys. Off, we were often told that it didn't work, like uh, whatever oh, COVID, yeah. COVID zero. It wouldn't work. Yeah, and that's what they would just say. And you're like, well, what about this? No, it, it didn't work. Yeah. but it, but it did. It it, it, it worked. It, it, it did work. <laughs> but no, it it's worked like, too no. well, actually. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. we were we were expect, talking about house prices, we were expecting sort of the economy to go shit and then we we have chronically low interest rates at the moment mm-hmm. i was expecting that to carry on but we did so well that everything started booming again so everything's rising up and it's like shit no no slow down it's like us too ours went right up and our uh the, our cost of living is going to uh be uh really uh going right on up because uh, mm-hmm. a conversation like at the store one of the uh, distributors emailed us and like everybody on this chain email saying, Oh, here our costs of everything are going to be increasing by 12%. And then shipping the, uh, everything. Well, so then, uh, so the owner, he was talking to one of his other distributors who's kind of in a similar business and had mentioned, um, this increase. And he went, Oh, thank God. Because I guess this guy got a, one of those shipping containers of like product mm-hmm. from China and it would, that would cost $1,500 for the sh- uh, shipping container use. And his next shipment cost $10,000. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. uh that's an increase. So yeah, it's just gonna everything's gonna go up. So he's like, and this is for like a like a little remote control car. It's like gonna cost nine dollars more to bring in. Mm-hmm. Let alone if someone's like bringing in like furniture <laughs> or like yeah. like large items. It's like yeah, like you know, um, like a microwave. Just the cost of like things like that or ovens. Yeah, fun, fun. Oh man, Cap- capitalism. Am I right, boys? <laughs> Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Justin Justin continues. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw Tremors 5 the other day, and it was surprisingly great. When are you guys going Hmm. to do that Tremors special? And what other horror franchises have shockingly good later sequels? I'd like to do the Tremors special anytime. Anytime Jerry would. I'll join you on that. I, 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 I did that. I think most horrors have this sort of turnaround at the five point, don't they? Like, we're we're going through Friday the Thirteenth from Halloween at the moment. Halloween's getting worse and worse, but Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, not Friday, the, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, have a, quite a couple of real good late entries. Two, yeah, two. I well, mean, mid, sorry, not late entries, mid midpoint entries mm-hmm. in, in the series. Yeah, two, three, four. I think mm-hmm. are like they they all improve. Um, I would say five is the weird one with the ambulance driver. Uh, but then like mm. six, I think it's like six or seven of psychic power stuff, and it's kind of goofy, but it's, it's fine. It's decent. I don't know. I don't. Horror I'm a big Jason X fan. Oh, so. Of course you are, because <laughs> <laughs> I it's probably the first one I watched actually. Yeah. You know, as a teen and and those or not a not a yeah young. I'd be twelve or something, and mm-hmm. then. You know the, the the sexual nature of those uh, slasher movies sort of hits you hard, and it's the space shit as well. Yeah, that that hit ticked all the right boxes. <laughs> the what nature of those movies? Can you say that again? Sexual. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I just need a clarification on that. I wasn't, wasn't sure. Er- erotic. Erotic. Yeah. Wait, what's erotic. what's the what's the most erotic horror franchise, RJ? The most erotic? Yeah, Leprechaun. Uh, I I wish I could say <laughs> wish wish Wishmaster. Uh, Wishmaster's pretty erotic, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, pretty, I would yeah. say a uh, Black Lagoon, like Creature from Black Lagoon, because it's just swimsuits the whole time, yeah. right? It's got to be that one. Sequels of those. Yeah, there's like yeah yeah. Isn't there like one? <laughs> there's one whole sequel. <laughs> just the one. Yeah, that's the most erotic. Well, I mean, you could say The Shape of Water. It's a spiritual uh, you could sequel. Say that. That's a new universe now, isn't it? Shape of Water universe. Oh, my it's God. everything's a universe <laughs> now. It's, I think, right? It's we we just live in GDT's world, you know. Yeah, I know. I know him and uh, Kevin Smith. Apparently, where's where's uh, his universe? Demasculated He Man's. That's where it is. Yeah. Mm. I think there's another name for those. Oh, there's a kitty. Oh, look at that cat. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the cat podcast. Mm-hmm. It always has been. Yeah, causing mayhem. Foodie question of the week, Oliver. If I were ever to travel to New Zealand, what are some of the local food options I should check out? Well, meat, meat, meat pies, meat pies, man. Meat pies. Plus, do you have any unique names for common foods? For instance, don't the Brits call cookies biscuits? Biscuits. Yeah, we call them biscuits yeah. as well. Anything that anything the British do, we probably do as well. Mm-hmm. Chips. You guys call them chips, don't you? Oh, yep. no, the British call them crisps. Yes. Oh, you're talking about hot dogs before? Mm. I don't know. We call those American hot dogs because our hot dogs are corn dogs. So what you call corn dogs, we call hot dogs. 
Good hot God. dogs in a bun. This uh, is troubling. That, 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 that one's too hard to mention because, you know, yeah. what what I what I call them is what I call them. So I don't, I don't assume anyone calls them anything different. Yeah. Uh, but we've talked about pies, man. You come to New Zealand, I'll take you to Hobbiton. We'll get pies on the way. <laughs> Beautiful. It, 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 it sounds a lot more threatening than I think it, it was. We'll, get, <laughs> we'll turn to that Wolf Creek. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you to Hobbiton. We'll get pies. Just clenched teeth, just fully going for it. All the very meat, scary. All the meat from them pies are made from the tourists, RJ. <laughs> Where else do you get the gravy? What? You know what I mean. Game talk. How about those Tokyo Olympics? Do you check out any of the events? And which events would you want to compete in? I have always enjoyed watching women's gymnastics, but I prefer Winter Olympic events. <laughs> but I prefer Winter Olympic events like hockey, snowboarding, and bobsledding. I could see myself doing road cycling in an alternate universe where I'm a world-class athlete. Or hell, some of the water polo and curling competitors just look like normal people. <laughs> Does that mean they're just like fat? <laughs> well, water polo looks crazy hard yeah, I, think, nice. I think that's one of the toughest ones you gotta sure. be a, you gotta be sort of triangle built for water polo oh, you know oh yeah like, so this is where the podcast uh sort of you know the the parts where it sort of creeps in into my real life and so after we did um uh, fuck, what was that one called the tokyo olympics 1964 yeah <laughs> yeah and then rj mentioned the cat killing so i'm sort of oh, did you know in the 1964 they killed all those cats <laughs> Fuck the Olympics, mm-hmm. man. Cancel them all. Like, you yeah. look it up. Hist- historically, uh, Rio de Janeiro, was it? They kicked all the um, locals out. Mm-hmm. There's Olympics have done nothing good. I, it's a, bl- I it's a blight. Can- mm-hmm. Cancel Olympics and keep it, you know, you've got your fucking water polo, international championships. It's its own separate thing. Keep those sports, keep your international competition separate from the Olympics. there. Fuck oh, the Olympics, yeah. man. Can, can, they should have been cancelled. We all know that. And, and, and not just this one for all time. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I agree. Fuck the Olympics. <laughs> that said, I did try to watch it today. Uh, I, I turned. I had like half an hour before this was starting. I was like, I don't want to turn on Star Trek because I, I was like walking around. I was like, maybe I'll, I saw on Prime, you could just watch the Olympics. I was like, I'll, I'll see what it's like. And uh, I think I saw about 10 seconds of sport. And about 20 minutes of commercials. And I went, fuck this. I'm not even going to try bother. I'm not even going to bother anymore. So fuck them. Uh, but if I had to compete in an Olympic sport, I don't think this is even an Olympic sport, but I don't give a shit. I'd like to do the lumberjack stuff. You guys ever watch lumberjack competitions? <laughs> fuck that stuff's cool. I like Lifting when they fly. Yeah, like all, all of it, right? Like when they like run up the trees or like they run up and they have to like cut it in half and or like yeah. the big sign stuff. I'm gonna say uh, let's let's forego the Olympics completely and let's make lumberjack competitions more of a thing. That's what I'm more interested in. Yeah. And, what about you? And, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, in New Zealand on New Year's Eve, where I where I go camping, it's a big Scottish uh, influence city or town. Sorry, and they do the Highland Games on, mm. on the uh, I think it's New Year's Day, and that's sort of throwing. You know, we've seen brave throwing the big stones. Yeah. And kilts. Yeah. That that kind of shit. Do they also have a wife carrying one? Yeah, they they must do. Yeah. I think I could do that. (laughs) Actually, it'd be the opposite. Andrea could carry me. I was going to say opposite. Yeah. Yeah, Same with me as well. She actually cares about what she does with her body, whereas I treat it not not great. So I'm not very healthy. But she's pretty good. 
So, what about you, J Dog? What's your competition? <laughs> What's hot all? dog eating? Uh, I'm, I'm looking up the worst Joey Olympic. Chester? I'm looking up the worst Olympic events, or what are the worst Olympic sports? Actually, I'm true up. answer to the question. I think it's called the modern men's something, and it's the idea of the sport is that it was you're stuck in World War One across enemy lines. You have to. I think you have to do sprinting, horse jumping, which you know. If, I don't like horse sports, but and then shooting as well. So it's the idea you got to you know jump over the lines, do a sprint, and then shoot some. I don't know. They're not Nazis back then, but I don't know what they were. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a real sport, and I'm pretty sure it's the Olympics. That they would be my one. I thought. I think it's quite a cool little combination. I, I think I'm sports. into that. How about uh, some old Taekwondo boys? <laughs> you learn uh, learning at the mall. Hey, you want to hear something crazy? My brother-in-law uh, was a qualifier for the Olympics for judo, so well, uh, pretty similar. I, to I have no, 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 no. I have judo is like I, I, I actually respect judo. Taekwondo, what's though, Taekwondo? Nah, nah. I, I don't even know what it is. Is it different? It's, it's, it's a scam. <laughs> oh, okay. So that that uh, how about I don't know sailing. Sailing, yeah, that seems low. Yeah, that who, seems low. I looked up least watched Olympic sport, and it says equestrian events. Yeah, yeah, equestrian's the bottom of the barrel. And then badminton. Uh, badminton, according to this, is between fencing and weightlifting. Uh, I fencing seems like that's like a kinetic sport. I feel like that would have more watching. Oh, but the, the most watched, so, the highest, so the most watched, apparently, uh, based on. Like which is they choose is the the better I guess whatever that means volleyball is that just because of the outfits yeah with their they, their mandated bikini bottoms <laughs> they got in a lot of trouble this year well who did like one no one. one team and then they paid they're they're gonna pay the fine so the IOC still wins they're making money and yeah. and, and people are talking about them and they should just mm-hmm. stop. They should hey, just... we're talking about it. I know. So, it's... so the sport I mentioned is called modern pentathlon. So it's fencing, yep. swimming, mm-hmm. horse riding, and shooting, and then running. So I, I mean, minus the horse riding, I think it's a kind of cool combination of sports. That's like being Batman, kind of like you're a yeah, jack yeah, of all trades. Batman rides a horse. Yeah, if you can do if you can do that, you can escape from World War One across. So why across why not horse riding? I just oh you know me I will I, I'm with you. Uh, that horses are scary. I, no, horses don't deserve to be bloody ridden around as sport. I mean that too. Yeah, horses love running, but uh, I don't know if they oh, love having a dude on people their back. on top of them. Nah, yeah. I, I, you know, here in Australia we do the Melbourne yeah. Cup every year, and it's this big mm-hmm. thing, and and you watch the horse racing, you get wasted, and it's just disgust, disgusting. Yeah, I agree. Horse racing, greyhound racing. Anything yeah. that involves animals for sport is pretty pretty gross. They're trying to cancel greyhound racing here. It's probably not long to go. Huh. Uh, I think we still have it in some some pockets. <laughs> the states for sure. They have fucking everything. Like in like Simpsons episodes. That's only like I, I only about have... greyhound racing. Yeah, that's like well, they I'm... used to do it here, Jer. Why? Well, yeah, I know, but like I've never seen it outside of cartoons. Like I don't yeah. even I don't, I don't even know I've seen like a clip of it in real life. It's so weird. If you go down, if you go hang out at the casino here, Jarrett, and you're just walking by, <laughs> oh, there will be horses oh. and greyhound racing on the mm. screens. You'll not see just, it. It's not just guys standing at the parking lot. <laughs> hey, you, 
you want to watch your dogs reason? <laughs> it's just like, what? And he's like, yeah, right over here. He just follow me down this dark alley. <laughs> but it's on a portable DVD player playing a DVD. <laughs> no, you're that, like, wait a minute. That's when they just sap you. And then they play, mm-hmm. then they bring you into the van. With a sock yeah. full. And, 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 and then they go, and then they go fix your windshield. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want either of those. Finally. Justin oh. concludes. Finally, for the second week in a row, I want to welcome someone in the Second Timers Creep Hosting Club. Mm. Have a great show, Oliver and company. Looking Before forward think... to oh, oh no, you finished. You finished. Okay. Looking forward to hearing who will be guest hosting on the show next. Wink, because it's Justin Peterson. Because he's oh, nice. number 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 three of four. Before I forget, because your podcast runs too long nowadays, and I zone yeah. out quite a bit. Yeah. Has Frank emailed in like the last year? Or is it no? It's been a so while. So Frank, this is a call, this is a call out for you, boy. We I, we I haven't heard from you. He's still posting on Instagram. Still no, posting yep. his mean drawings. We miss you, Frank. We want to hear from you. Actually, I did have someone mention he was doing that thing where he was taking. It was like say six characters on draw, yeah. and I I know Sugarhead dropped the Jay Leno, and I think it was like the most liked comment. But uh, as to date, uh, as of July twenty eighth. No Jay Leno picture. Yeah. So I hit him uh, with a quark last time we did that. I was gonna hit him. Yeah, with, that was good. I was gonna hit him with uh, uh, nog or something. Just make him just draw Ferengis the whole time. Well, so the last time Frank emailed in was June third, twenty twenty. Shit, man! Come on, so we're boy. Over Where are here. I that my is... hope is that he, like Joshua Fraser, has decided. You know what? I'm done with the podcast. He's out. Yeah. He's out. Move on. Us. Actually, he's he's pretty. He's yeah. He's younger than us, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Good, good boy. Move move on. But yeah. you know, maybe they don't have internet in Costa Rica or Puerto Rico or. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he's. It's one of those. But yeah, you're right. He's a young guy. We have nothing left. Yeah. We have nothing, but he has the whole world ahead of him. So. So. He, mm-hmm. I just hope he's happy. Do you know if he's still listening? Money. Like, is it? Do you, he likes those no, tweets? No, yeah. He likes those tweets. Yeah, a lot of people like our stuff out of obligation, which is what I found out yesterday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are confused at my posts. Yeah, that was all, people yeah, it, that was pretty bad. Because it's too specific to the show, and and no one listens to the fucking show, so no one uh, got clearly, it. Clearly, yeah, I, I didn't realize that before. But when people are like, "What does this mean?" Someone mm-hmm. on Twitter was like, "This makes no sense." I was like, "Well, you don't listen. Yeah. Don't listen to the podcast, I guess." I I, I, I make the show, and I, it didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, but I it never. Me, it took me a little while to get. Uh, I, I I never make posts with the intention of you guys understanding. I don't give a shit about you two. Mm-hmm. It's for everyone else. You're not our. We're not the target audience. You're not the target. My target's those five people that like those posts once in a while. Gotcha. That's, that's it. That's it. That's fair. That's fair. Well, that's it for the <laughs> emails from Woo. all. Well, see, that was like five. That was that's pretty good for a that's three. Good. I, I, I was so fucked off with you guys, to be honest, with the the three day break. I was like, I'm not going to get any fucking emails. You're going to have nothing to talk about. Well, at least the episode's not going to run out three hours fifty like the last one. But wow. still, it's it still will probably. I got, I got enough. We're no. already an hour and a half in, that's and we fun. haven't even and we just finished emails. Look at that. Look at that. Hey, you you got nothing to complain about. Uh, you're here now i was gonna say something <laughs> else but I, uh, I i forgot what it was anyways no we, we we always kill time even like that one week when we had one email we were still like three hours long somehow <laughs> we find ways to make shit up 
because people demand like all how long they are no one ever complains about how how short they are ever no, I, I must admit i do like i like the long podcast well i remember some people are like it's too long i can't finish it in one go and it's like why why would you ever finish finish it in one go you just listen in like incre- increments yeah. yeah well because we're listening to four hour podcasts i'm sure uh I don't know how much creeping anyone does these days. No. What about Oliver Granger? What have you been creeping on lately? Right, you want me to start first? While yeah, I'm do talking it. To, while I'm talking about the first film, can you look up um, Guy Ritchie's newest film? I just want, oh. when I get to that, I just want pronunciation on one of the words because here in my household, uh, we had a big debate about it. So really? I'll start with a, a different film. Um so I've been going through recently um, King Arthur. Cost- no, 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 oh, no, no, newer than that. Um, so I've been going through. Oh, what does it say? Daycare costs are rising. Everything the cost like we talked about before, cost of living is rising. So I've been selling off my books basically, mm-hmm. and, I, and mm-hmm. I made a rule is is I you know I was keeping a lot of books because they were nice looking books, but my rule was if I'm never going to read it again, I got to get rid of it. So mm-hmm. quite a few of them. I hadn't read in a while, so I had, to, I had to reread before I knew if I was going to sell it or not. Okay. So because of that, I started going through Daniel Close's books. I, I I didn't need to reread his old stuff, but a lot of his newer stuff I was pretty mixed on. Yeah. So I read through all his newest books, and because of that, I just I watched the movie Wilson because I reread, reread Wilson. Right. Uh, the comic itself was way better than I remember. Like basically anything past Ghost World, I, I just I haven't enjoyed. So I found Wilson hilarious, <laughs> and because of that, and and some of his other books, I I realized that actually parenting becomes a big theme, and his in his books, I know I think he dedicates his books to his kid or he's got a kid yep. or something like that. Um, and so I watched the movie, 2017 Wilson. Um, this one was impossible to find. I thought it'd be on Netflix or streaming services. I had to find some random download with one seed with Chinese subtitles. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it was pretty middling when it came out. No one yeah. watched it then. No one's ever going to watch it again. Yeah. And uh, so the movie itself with Woody Harrison and Laura Dern, uh, two pretty good actors, and they were well in the role. I think everyone, when Woody Harrison was cast, was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he pulled it off all right. Uh, the movie itself was just run of the mill normal yeah. movie. The problem mm-hmm. with me now, and I hope RJ at least one day finds this: when you have kids, uh, any movies with kids and families and stuff, they just fuck you up. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, uh, uh, we haven't talked about, but uh, shortcuts. Uh, if you remember that movie mm-hmm. where the, the kid, the, the scene, the kid dies, like uh, being a father now, like that, just shit. Stuff you could watch old and edgy stuff back in the day, Serbian film, all that crap, and it just it just go right past you. When you have kids, that stuff fucks you to the core. Wilson certainly didn't do that. Uh, the movie was it was I'm pretty sure it was written by Daniel Close. Like he's listed as yeah yeah he he's a um, yeah he's the the sole writer of the film. Uh, the movie is way more positive actually than his comic. His comics are always pretty depressing, uh, and so I'm surprised he, the in the movie it, it sort of spins where wilson sort of learns a lesson um rekindles with his family and all that crap and in the end it's just it's, it's so pathetic but there's just like a little scene where he skypes with his grandkid and that in the book it comes off as the, 
you know, the, uh, so here's a kid. So his kid, he's estranged from, uh, moves to Alaska, and, they, and she doesn't really want him to have anything to do with. They do like a little Zoom, a little Skype session, and the kid's really uninterested. And this, it sort of goes down the same path, but in the end, he does get a good look at the kid. The kid looks at the camera, responds, smiles, and it's sort of this beautiful little ending. Oh, yeah, you know, my genetics passed on and all that. And and that was enough for me to be like, oh, family. Just, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. <laughs> so I, I saw you guys rated it shit, which is what it deserves, but that's yeah. the pathetic thing about being a, a parent. Is anything with deep parenting themes like man they they it's when you become a parent there's a secret club and and one one thing that's really good about not not so much crying at films but um uh separate to my review is that when you become a parent you basically everyone else is basically a parent in the real world and and you join this secret club and so no matter what if i meet someone who i can't stand i have nothing to talk to you find this base agreement or they they kind of understand your life and, and and the pressures and all that and you can sort of join the secret community so it's it's something that you would never know until you're in it um and yeah it's it's pathetic i'm watching movies like wilson and pieces of shit straight to tv movies and be like oh that's quite beautiful <laughs> I mean, it just it speaks to your uh, your 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 character, your motivation, your um your presence on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, there's a certain word that I think I could throw out there, but uh, I'd say I'll save that for the Italian films. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I purposely watched a lot of Italian films to to get yeah. you guys um, talking. So the the next movie, have you got it up? Um, with Jason Statham. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Wrath of God. Or Wrath, Wrath of Man. Of Man. Yeah. Yeah, so Wrath. I none of us could pronounce it, but we were Would saying you think it was Wraith. We were saying Wraith. I, me, and one of my mates was saying Wraith of Man, and my wife was saying something else. Like, I think it's Roth. I think the correct pronounce. You guys are saying Wrath, but I think the actual when we said, "Hey Google," you know, a stupid little Google speaker. She said it was Roth of Man. See, I just pulled up the Google pronunciation, and I'm listening right now. Mm-hmm. It says oh. Wrath. Do you guys Google's want to hear? listening. Google's listening when I, check when this I out. put check that. This out. I don't know if you can hear this. This is dead air. Nothing. This is, this is, right. Nothing's so, happening. Yeah, nothing's yeah. happening. So, no. Wrath of Man. Um, oh, it's Wrath of Man. So, it's Wrath of Man. Wrath. Yeah. This is Guy Ritchie's, I believe, most recent film. Yep. Um, oh. Guy Ritchie's obviously a legend who went shit when he started doing Sherlock Holmes. Or oh, I guess he was before then. Swept he away. Yeah, yep. I've never seen it, but that was for Madonna or something, right? Yes. Like, yeah, he his, well, when he's married to her, yeah. Yeah, yeah but so have that... you seen King Arthur, though? No, I have. I actually Because that movie's pretty rad. Is it, is it good? Like, is it worth I mean, it? it's not great, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I actually totally pretty much forgot of that movie's existence uh, until I saw Rafa Man. Remember Aladdin? Remember that? Oh, fuck, I didn't watch that. Yeah, so he, he's had a series of pretty shitters. And then with his last film which was the gentleman i think is that what it's called it's yeah coming it was up here oh uh, yeah the gentleman which was pretty good so you know we watch a bit of oh and also another one of the shitty films was um man from uncle that wasn't very good and so when i watched the gentleman i was like oh i'm i was surprised this late in the game after producing that such crap that he can get back to what he was good at like a solid gangster movie mm-hmm and so with Rafa Man, I thought that's where we're heading again. Uh, but it was kind of this weird mix of you see Guy Ritchie in there, but it was kind of just a cheesy mainstream action movie with with stuff that doesn't make any sense. It was about like fundamentally like 
It was about people that rob cash trucks, right? Uh, and then all this other... And then he tried to do this Tarantino shit of, like, flashbacks. And so you go flashback to five months later and then the flashback flash forwards and then flash, and then you kind of get all mixed up. And he's got... He even had fucking, like... Uh, actually, like the movie we're talking about tonight, he had titles for each part of the movie. Um, but it was about people that rob cash trucks. And, and I never understand that because if I... It was about the security guards involved in protecting the cash truck. If someone's robbing the cash truck, that money's all insured, so wouldn't you just put your gun down and say, you fucking take the money? Like, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you ended up in these massive shootouts for somebody else's cash, which I didn't understand. Um, it, it's about uh, honor and uh, dignity and dedication yeah. to the craft, man. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, like, have you ever seen Six Feet Under? Actually, I, I only watched a couple of episodes. It's something I need to, need yeah, well, to I, I watch. Won't, I won't say anything else then. Never mind. That's a that's a spoiler for the last like twenty seconds of that show. But, but yeah, gentlemen is something I'd fully recommend. This is sort of once again, you know, he, he sort of was on a path. You know, oh shit, he can make solid, good gangster movies, and then oh no, wait, I'm making, I'm making main, basically, I don't want to say it, but mainstream shit again. It's like it, it's good and fun and enjoyable, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Um, and then I made it one thing I made a mistake last time was bringing on five movies that were <laughs> racially intense to talk about and, and, and people don't know but there was there was hours of my dialogue that had to be cut from last <laughs> podcast because mm-hmm. yeah. I said some questionable things um, so I, I didn't make that mistake again so I need one more uh, Jamaica Inn by mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock and that was my I'd be curious to you know you guys as well that was my 36 36 <laughs> Hitchcock film. Where are you guys? What do you guys know? Oh, let's, let's find out. For Hitchcock? Hold mm. on. For the let, me, Hitch. let me pull this bad boy up. The Hitch. Oh. Uh, I'm probably super low, to be honest. I'll probably be like five. I'm at 18. Shit. You're at 18? No. All right. I, uh, so where were you at? 36? <clears throat> I'm mm-hmm. at 14. So. Man, Jarrett's way lower than yeah. I assume. I am too, yeah. I guess. I mean... I started watching Hitchcock movies when I was like pretty young, but it's like it's like the mm. same movies, and I've rewatched those ones or like a lot, and then I just don't like. Mm. But it's been forever since I've seen some of these too. But yeah, no, that's actually a Jared's lot just a big Rebecca fan. He just watches yeah. Rebecca over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, just strange, but whatever. Hitchcock is one of those directors that actually he deserves every oh. praise that he gets. He is so good. Okay. He okay. All that shit so being great. Uh, the the mistake there was that I pulled up my actor uh, Alfred Hitchcock, yeah, yeah. not director. Yeah, that I'm, always, that so so, so I'm, I'm so I'm at I'm at 21. That that makes more sense. Uh, I'm still at 14 because I don't make uh, amateur mistakes like uh, Mr. Duncan here. This is a professional podcast. Well, you don't think we take about, it seriously. Like why 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 does it? It's like IMDb where a director would yeah. be like the the most. The thing you would never look up for a director first. That's what pops up. Yeah, first. why? That it just yeah. seems like, and, and it doesn't have to happen with every like actor slash director. But you could you could assume they have one person in the fucking office. Letterbox is a New Zealand company, so maybe, maybe we're just yeah. all useless. Um, but like one guy be like, hey, I searched Alfred Hitchcock and it came up with his actor first. Shall I just make this little script that makes it go to director first? Like it just seems simple to me. There's a couple of actors and directors, you know. Uh, when a Herzog or something might be somebody who appears in his own movies, it should go to director first, or it goes to writer or something like that. It's just rubbish. Letterbox, mm-hmm. 
is a website works really well, but it, what's it, why does it always like it hasn't happened too much recently? But it's always, oh, it's crashed. It's like it's not <laughs> working today. Like what is that about? Is that just New Zealand? Uh, no, no, we that's, get that's, that. That's a, yeah, yeah. It, it goes. Down. No, I mean like just a New Zealand company. Just oh. like we can't even handle it. That's what I mean, we the, assumed. Yeah, the popularity growth seems pretty high. Like I've been sending RJ some memes recently, and they're letterboxed. They're like letterbox review memes, and mm-hmm. so it must mm-hmm. be sort of it's gonna get so popular that its ratings are gonna get all skewed, and it's gonna go the IMDb way probably. Do you, um, do you, do you think they stole my gimmick, like the way I review stuff? Oh, like hilarious reviews. Yeah, just amazing. Thousands of likes and stuff. You probably talked about it before. Letterbox, you go in the first review is like something like really funny, and you're just like, oh, it's so witty and funny. It's got a thousand. It's the top review. I hate that shit. Um, Me all the time. Oh, look. Some of them are good. Okay, speaking of the the Olympics that we all love, uh, apparently in in women's pair rowing, New Zealand won gold. The oh, yeah. the Russian Olympic Committee won second, and uh, some Canadians won bronze. Wow, Row, rowing's New Zealand's like it's our number one sport. I think okay. you know, considering we're at Pacific Island, it makes sense. Uh, and then America's Cup and all that. I don't know if you know what that is, but. I, I don't, but I just Googled New Zealand, and uh, there was a uh, article posted four ou- hours ago that says, New Zealand rated best place to sur- survive global societal collapse. Ooh. We're not, but we're you not got a, that in your favor. I, I hate that shit because it applies that we're self-sufficient. We're, when we're not, we're completely dependent on in, you know international trade. And also... Oh, that is, fucks me off because it's like we had we had some incredible farm. We're all volcanic. We're like a volcanic island. We had this incredible soil, um, south of Auckland, south of where I live. That was, um, was to do with the volcanoes. It's in, like you can grow fruit and vegetables there, mm-hmm. tw- you know, any time of the year because it's so nutrient rich from the volcanoes. We fucking just slap houses on that and like, oh, don't worry, we'll just get off fruit from elsewhere. Like, yeah, no, that that, that winds me up. We're not, you can. You'd run out of resources pretty quickly here, I think. Um, you could eat each other. Yeah, I guess so. Um, or the tourists and turn them into our meat yeah. pies. Um, but with so Jamaica in, uh, we you guys watched Rebecca on the podcast, yeah. and I was oh, uh, yeah. I was a huge fan of Rebecca that because I for some reason that's one of, one of the only movies I think that he won actually Best Picture Oscar for. But I, for some reason, I was I just completely unaware of that movie. So that was quite exciting on the podcast when you're still, or even with Hitchcock himself, that, that movie was probably, I don't know, my 30th movie I'd seen of his. And you can still see, like, masterpieces, in my opinion. So um, he's a pretty exciting director. So I thought, so I really liked Rebecca, and that was written by a Daphne du Maurier. I think it's, I don't know. RJ can correct me on the pronunciation. Well, I, I, think, well, I think that is, uh, R- yeah, I, I think that is RJ's favorite person, though. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah one of my favorite persons ever, Daf- Daphne Du Maurier. Maurier. She it's actually gotta, wrote. It's got to sound like you're almost out of breath at the end, Du Maurier. But she actually wrote uh, the birds as well, and, um, and don't, don't look, look now. now, which is I don't. You guys, you're a big fan of Don't Look Now. Uh, well, it's coming up soon, so. Is it on the is it on the podcast? I didn't realize. It's it's, it's, it's a criterion. Yeah, and it's oh, probably shit. like two years from now. But uh, wow. Daphne Du Maurier also yeah. wrote the Rebecca remake. Wow. Well, yeah, well, well she wrote it's the, the same story. And yeah. they, in these movies, she, with Birds, she wrote the book. Don't look now. She yep. wrote the book. Um, 
So I listened to the audio book of Jamaica Inn, um, and before I watched the movie, because I at one point when I used to enjoy watching films before this mm-hmm. podcast, I was going through all Hitchcock's movies, and that that I just said, "Fuck that! I don't have time for that anymore." And so I saw after Rebecca, and then I saw Jamaica Inn. I was like, "Oh, I'll re- this time I'll read the book beforehand." Uh, so I um, listened to the audio book, and one of the main, well, not one of the main characters, but uh, it's spo- interesting. Spoiler: It's a '30s book, but uh, the villain in the story too is an albino uh, priest. And so when I was listening to the audio book, I thought, "Oh man, I know the movie's coming up. I can't wait to see how Hitchcock." does the albino priest like it's something that just seems so hitchcockian i hate that word uh yeah it's, just, it's a it's a fucking cool villain and it's a cool image and especially in a black and white film it'll look awesome you don't you never see albinos in films well, other well than, he wrote uh, that... except for what's bad guys usually like is no, it in, um... yeah well he's a bad guy in this it's in the da vinci Star-Tok. yeah that's what i was gonna say what's the, what's yeah, what's the movie that like people were yeah, like get, really gave silas. out <laughs> yes yeah, silas silas that's a dan yeah do you think dan brown stole it from this Probably. Yeah, okay. he's well, a... Rupert said the same comment when I was trying to dis- describe him to her. Like, Isn't that just Da Vinci Code? Um, <laughs> You're like, shut up. Because he's a priest in that as well, right? Okay. Or religious. I, anyway. I, I sent you guys a link to uh, this movie that apparently, uh, in some way, has something to do with uh, Daphne du Maurier. Uh, Utheram, which looks like an Indian production. I, I, know I the, 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 the the poster though is just like looks like <laughs> this man is like he's so normcore. It's just like his his hands are literally in his pockets from the looks of it. Do you think that's Mamudi? Lead actor? Yeah, it must be. That looks what a name. This looks like a good show. That, that, that is Mamudi. Look at this films. Fuck, look at this guy. Look look at him. And Mamudi's the new spirit animal of this podcast, mm-hmm. I think. You wish. It, him and uh, oh, what was that? Fuck me! Look at this one, Thalathi. Th- uh, Holy <laughs> good hair. lord! Jack, the- oh, oh, yeah, his hair is pretty good in that. It's like is this he is looking? Better is than he, Deep Roy, is I think. Look- now is this like uh, Rajinakanth? Is this the same? Is that like they're like enemies? I don't know. I'm trying to tell the story here. Oh, it is that guy because he's that he does these. I think yeah, is 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 Mamuti the 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 guy in the front or the, or the back? Yeah. I think the guy in the front with the crazy hair. That's I think Rajinakanth. He's the guy in that like one movie that became the internet meme for like a while. That robot where it's oh, like yeah, he's like chasing like, after yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like Matrixy. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we're 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 moving into Rupert territory. So I, I maybe save this talk for when she comes on. You can talk yeah. about your love of Indian films. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say at least a like poster how... art. Continually <laughs> derail Oliver. Time. Yeah, I'm like just... he's been trying to talk about this movie. Ja- for nah, Jamaica in. It's, it's all right. I'm you, last time this that threw me into like you know a spiral, but I'm used to it for now. Uh, but what I what I was saying, <laughs> Jamaica in before the Indian movies. Um, Hitchcock wrote out the character. He wasn't in the albino priest was just completely not in the movie, and Hitchcock cut the shit out of the movie. And it's just the classic thing. Don't read books before you watch movies. It, it's never the better thing to do. Read the book after the movies, especially when they're quite complicated, something like Game of Thrones. Watch the fucking show first. Because when you read the book, it, 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 the visualizations of, of places and characters help when you've got that many characters. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've seen the movie after I read the book and was like, oh, I'm so glad I wasn't sitting there comparing it to the book the whole fucking time. The movie's average. It's low-tier it's low tier Hitchcock. 
I guess uh, after when I'm at 36, that's 59% of his films were into low tier. <laughs> Derailing you again. So uh, did you get rid of Patience and Mr. Wonderful? So Mr. Wonderful, I got rid of Patience. Yeah. So I actually got them on my shelf next to me there. They're, they've just been brought. So the ones I did get rid of, Patience, Mr. Wonderful, and uh, I had some fucking book like the Daniel Close Reader, which was like essays oh, about yeah. his work. Did Patience was the one for dinner? There's one. Oh, Def Ray as well. It was, it was a cool story, but it just was, I don't know. So one that was a surprise, Ice Haven, was one that I was was really just chucking the mm-hmm. cell pile. But that was, yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wilson was a surprise as well. And so I, I haven't. Yeah, and there's like the whole Leopold and Loeb thing, which is Rope, which is a Hitchcock movie. See, it all ties oh, really? right back. Oh, really? Yeah. There we go. There you go. We're back, baby. We're back. Um. Yeah, so I didn't reread um, uh, 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 Cast, uh, what is it, Glove and Iron, and then Daniel, oh, Daniel like, Boring. Yeah. Because I thought I can reread them later, and I'm pretty sure they're fantastic, so I don't think I'm going to ever yeah, sell them. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Um, I got my copy from Jarrett. He gave it to me. Yeah, I had an extra. Yep. Mm. Some good stuff. So, yeah, Jamaica and Average Hitchcock. Um, just because you mentioned it before, I wasn't actually planning on bringing it up. I did end up watching that Godzilla anime. Mm-hmm. His, um, animation was fantastic. And you just think, oh, you've got Godzilla, you've got anime. The problem with me is I'm looking for something very specific with Godzilla movies coming going forward. And what I'm looking for is basically an Ozu-directed Godzilla movie. I want a family drama <laughs> with, with sort of Godzilla in the background. For, and, oh, no, Godzilla just destroyed our house. Oh, you know, and sort of Godzilla's as a background figure of the movie and just people, the everyday life of people dealing with living in that situations, which I'm never going to get. Did you, uh, did you like Shin Godzilla? I liked it. When it's I a little bit more it. government based. Yeah. But... So I liked it when I first watched it. And then I, I think that was before. No, that was during my big, when I watched all the Godzilla movies and actually now watching all the crap that's come after, I've sort of actually Shin Godzilla is slowly creeping up creeping up my list and interesting with shin godzilla is when you when you watch it as a european audience what we assume the theme was oh look japanese bureaucracy comes together and defeats mm-hmm. godzilla but actually they saw it as look how inefficient japanese bureaucracy yeah. is but to us it was it was really good um but each each time they, they had to keep setting up new committee meetings and new chairs and new offices and stuff but yeah actually watching it now I think I didn't appreciate it at the time. Shin Godzilla is the kind of Godzilla movie I'm looking for. It's it's what all the other ones have forgotten about. Deep metaphors. The original Godzilla, obviously, you know, the nuclear power and the atom bomb. That movie was about uh, Japan's response to the earthquakes and the, the Fukushima disaster. So, um, yeah, I don't want deep metaphors in my Godzilla. And what I got in that shitty Godzilla anime was, it was yeah, the animation was beautiful, but what we got was super high solaris style science anime oh you know imagine this material that doesn't exist and science that you can't understand all the review you go on the fucking reviews for it i didn't understand a thing it was a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) i'm a physics major major and i didn't get it yeah but it's really it was shit you don't understand what the hell's going on the whole time it's just fake science being Mm -hmm. just you know shouted out uh so that once again yeah i don't think i'm I think Shin Godzilla was probably the top of it, and we're never going to see another good Godzilla movie. So is this new anime better than the other ones that they put oh, it's out? Better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Shit's on that. Like, that trilogy yeah. was just bottom yeah. of the barrel. 
Because I, I would like to watch those, but uh, they seem so poorly they're, they're, received. They're, nah, it's like, I wouldn't, hmm. I'm a completionist, and I did all mm-hmm. the Godzilla movies. I would just don't even go near them. I think what the listeners are really curious about is uh, when are you going to start the Mobile Suit Gundam series? Because, uh, uh, you know, we, we only just scratched the surface there, but I know uh, there's a few people, people out there that want to know. So I was, I when I was watching Godzilla, Netflix was trying to fucking push Mobile Suit Gundam down my throat. <laughs> eh? Something Mobile Suit Gundam, what was it? Anne Hathaway or something like that. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> Mobile Suit Gundam Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. Which so, I, would you like this? Oh, it's like, am horrific. I a fucking cuck? No. Well, yes, but not a not a Gundam cuck. Well, <laughs> nah, I, 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 it's okay if you are, man. People got to have what they got to have. Have you ever discussed... One thing, I've never watched anything to do with Gundam, but when I used to work, oh, I've worked in book, basically, three times my whole life. Um, the covers of the Gundam manga are incredible. Mm-hmm. They're so striking, the, the painted pictures. But then you open them up, it's just manga with almost, there's almost no background or detail in the yeah. actual drawings themselves. But the, all the covers of the movies and the books is so incredible. Probably just books in general, right, Jer? <laughs> I think this is the best review of Jamaican I've ever heard. <laughs> it's good it's good I, well hey it's like that guy who commented on our thing once where's the gundams we're bringing them <laughs> right yeah. now all right if we're gonna take this as gundam we gotta have it in here yeah. but I, I i do know what you i haven't read any of the gundam mangas but uh jared probably has right uh i bring it i i always bring in like the first volume for the big gundam boys then they buy them, and then they never ask for another yeah, one. Yeah, it doesn't look that good. Because you'd rather, colors, like, because yeah. you could put that money into, like, buying these, like, whatever mm. books. Or you buy more models, and or not spend anything. Just watch the cartoons for free on, like, uh, I don't know, Russian tubes and stuff like that. Where, like, whatever it is. You just watch every anime in subtitle or dub, whatever your choice <laughs> is. It's like, just do that. Don't read the the junky comics. There's better, and there's better manga to read than, I think, Gundam ones. <laughs> Hey, what else can you watch on uh, Russian Tube or whatever that uh, stream streaming service you mentioned was? What else is on there? I can't remember. There was like it was all it was like every anime series from like the seventies, eighties, or nineties. I don't know. I don't know if it's still around. It's okay. pretty. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll do a Google search later. Tonight yeah. When Andrew yeah. when Andrew is asleep. <laughs> yeah. Russia Tube. <laughs> Turn down the volume a little bit. <laughs> it's gonna be pictures of Putin coming around. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shameful. 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 So, uh, uh, Oliver Granger, do you have any other creeps over there? Or actually, are you even done talking about Jamaica? <laughs> He's not done. I just fucking okay. started. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was, yeah, Middling Hitchcock. That, 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 the movie sucked, basically. And it, and Sweet. It, yeah. I, I would have probably enjoyed it a little bit if I hadn't read the book. And so, once again, don't read the books before the movie. I would like, don't read books. Other, yeah, don't read books. Just don't. Because you've seen what it's done, you know, like my, this fucking Criterion collection. And you start mm-hmm. collecting books. It's all this shit that just it doesn't go well. And and they're, they're, I'm selling these books. Some I'm making a bit of money on. Some I'm selling for a dollar. And you think of all the money I spent on this, I should have just got them from the library. Don't buy products. Don't buy anything. Don't consume. Uh, no, I would like to mention one thing. I, I think I emailed in maybe about it before, but I'm starting season two of The Naked Director on Netflix. It's a Japanese oh, TV yeah. show about about a guy who's, who was huge in the porn industry over there. Um, it's, it's, porn, eh? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a top, it's a top show. Uh, I, it's just a little recommendation for you, so I haven't watched season yeah. two yet. But anything that 
is about uh, people on the forefront of something. Obviously, this is this show's a little bullshit, but like I love you, you could show any show, but this guy's doing stuff in porn, for example, or VHS rentals, or he's in this season he's moving into satellite broadcasting. Anything about someone who's just tweaking with an idea that's you know satellite broadcasting, for example, is going to become huge. Any shows or anything like that about any topic, if it's about someone on the before something's in, uh, something's huge, it's it's always quite it's always a good watch. I like to see those people that have that sort of <laughs> you know, just certain successful people that have the vision for the future. You know what I mean? Turns out this guy's is porn. Yeah, very there, there was a kitty. great uh, there was a great commentary by your cat right when uh, yeah, like, yeah. It pause, it's, it's no. perfect it's perfect time for food and I need to get piss as well so you you start on so when are you oh wait I was, hold, we on can... till, hold on till Star Trek talk actually, well so we're, can... we're about to get to Star Trek talk so I mean if you yeah. wanna you wanna go rip that you, you, it's probably you, a good time yeah you start your Star Trek talk and when I come back I'll sort of just zone out so you give me a thumbs up when you when you're done with it oh, <laughs> all right should we continue for real or I Should we know. pause? I don't know, RJ. What do you think? I don't know. This will be the only reason for Oliver to listen to this episode. I don't think he ever listened to uh, his well, previous iteration. Or maybe he did later on. I don't know. I can't remember. You got to leave that stuff in, too, when you were gone, because we were talking about food and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, I, there might be, like, five seconds lost, because I, I came back and I hit, hit stop. I'm like, okay, we'll pick up oh, here. But like, no, we leave it. Went, oh, you guys kept talking? Well, damn. I, I guess we'll never know what part eight was. I mean, uh, yeah, I stopped by that point. Yeah. But I don't know. Should I start talking about Star Trek? Well, RJ, I'm speaking yeah. slowly so Oliver does not miss any content. I mean, I can go to the bathroom too, and you can speak even slower. <laughs> Very slowly, pretending that you're both here still. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Oh, they're they're really doing it. They've all abandoned me. They're all they all ran away. I'm all by myself now. And I'm looking at my screen. I'm looking at a Chrome window with three tabs. I've got an angel at my table open here. I got Janet Frame, author of Angel at My Table. Jane Campion. Is it pronounced Champion? Campion? Campion? I don't know. Will Oliver know? We'll find out. Um there's a poster with an angel at my table um, with a, a woman looking out toward the ocean, her back turned toward us, uh, arms outstretched uh, to the title of the film. It's like she's holding up the title of her own work and the name of the film. It's a celebration of cinema. If there ever were one, uh, it's more accurate than ever. What did you think, folks, listeners, dear listeners, of uh, Oliver Granger's thoughts about uh, consumerism and not spending money? Uh, maybe turning one's back to uh, the accumulation of physical wealth and goods that, you know, gives you a temporary uh, release charge of ownership and uh, being a part of a uh, culture. Um, but maybe at the end of the day, you're just left with, this is shit. I need to get it out of my life. I, I need to... Free up space. Um, you know, what was, what was that Netflix show with the the the, the Japanese woman who brought us? Uh, oh, there's RJ. Hi, I'm back. What, first. What, what, what's, what's the what's yeah? Uh, I don't know what happened to him. What's the name of that Japanese woman? The 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 one about uh, expunging shit from your house. The one about expunging shit from your house. What yeah. the hell are you talking about? F f yeah, getting rid of crap in your house. Does it does it make you feel good? Something Maria Kondo or something. Is that like some that? sort of Buddhist thing? 
Marie Kondo. I got it. I, I wasn't sure. I, I don't know. This is news to me, dude. You're wow. You you completely missed out on that moment, did you? About Marie Kondo, I have yeah. no idea who this person is. Fascinating. Like not even not even a little bit. <sighs> well, we'll see if I know about like I know about like Buddhism, Buddhism and Stoicism about getting rid of possessions. If that's anything. What a, what about organizing consultancy? I've heard about it, but I I feel like I don't want to be a part of that. Interesting. If that makes sense. I, I, I do feel like you've uh, you might have gone through it without even knowing it. Oh, I mean, I'm going through it always without knowing it. I hear some wrestling going on. Sounds... What did you turn your camera off? Can you not see? Oh, I can. I can. I can see uh, you. You can see me. You can't see uh, Oliver Granger. I don't know. Is he hey, there? Wait, get over. Is he wait, there? Can you not see me? I oh, I can I, I can I can hear you now. I heard I heard rustling. No, uh, RJ doesn't like. Oliver Granger, do you know who Marie Kondo is? Yeah, yeah, the uh, minimalist. Yes, RJ did not know who that was. And I was kind of like... I find it surprising, right? Like, I thought my mom knows who she is. Yeah. Well, like, what I was saying was... I know Oliver's mom knows who she is, RJ. (laughs) Yeah, but Oliver's mom's a well-learned woman. I, uh, She's a fucking I'm... idiot. <laughs> I hope she's listening. <laughs> she doesn't care about what I do. Good. Good. I, hey, I'm happy wow. to report that my mom has never listened to a single episode of this. Yeah. Honestly? So, probably not. I don't know if I actually ever told her I was doing this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just talked to her about mom stuff. It's like, mom. Mom business. You do this thing. Yeah, mom business. So, Oliver, my- you're in luck. We haven't even started to talk about Star oh, Trek. Fuck. Hey, I actually I gotta ask: Have you been skipping all of the Voyager talk as well? No, nah, I sort of like I do with most of the podcasts. I sort of just into this canatonic state. Is that the right word? And just sort of it just all flows. When you don't know characters and names, and you zone out a little bit, you you actually don't pick up. Most of the time, I will try to skip it. But where, um, where are you at with DS Nine? So yeah. I actually watched two episodes of DS9 this week. So I think I'm midway through season six. Okay. And um, sure. I, I'm not. I'm just going to attempt my. Uh, well, I've only got one actually that I can attempt. I'm going to attempt RJ's uh, hilarious titles of the episode. So my one is uh, um, Kira O'Brien and uh, King Cuck himself. What's his name? Not Cuck himself. What's his name? Bashir. <laughs> Yeah, o- O'Brien, O'Brien, Bashir, and Kira go into the magic school bus and uh, travel around and fuck with shit. I suppose they shrink down. Oh, and that... they go in, into the body. Yeah, yeah. Um, that episode, and then another one where it's like O'Brien's like in this deep undercover oh. mission. It's like he's he's like <laughs> yeah. the head engineer of probably the most strategically important. <laughs> thing and and star trek universe at the time it's like let's send him undercover on a mission he'll probably not survive from so i'm like come on give the fucking man a break he said has he had a lifetime of uh torture by the kardashians and his yeah. memories um yeah. like let's put him deep undercover these <laughs> are full blast hilariously enough i've actually been watching a couple of uh british movies um layer cake and one other, I don't know if it was Refn. No, I don't think it was Refn Man. But he's a. I'm starting to see his appearances. I've probably seen more, but I'm seeing him now in movies when I'm aware of who he is, oh. and he's always playing like a hard ass yeah. British gangster. Oh no, it was um. Irish. Oh, fantastic movie, Conair. Conair is in Conair as well. Oh yeah, yes, um, yes, he is. Um, Old Colm. 
Yeah, so Do you guys remember when Layer Cake was spelt with a, the number four, four and no. nobody a, knew why? That's why I never watched it until now and why I've never watched Lucky Number Slevin. Because <laughs> I remember uh, I had a friend who, not me personally, I had a friend who uh, one time uh, would download movies and he would burn them on DVDs and give them to people. It wasn't me. And uh, they... Uh, they did layer cake and they spelt it with the four in there and gave it to like someone else. And they're like, why is there a number four in there? And they're like, I don't know, dude, that's what the movie is called. And is like, there oh, actually, thinking about the movie, uh, you probably won't remember it, but I don't think there's any reason why the four is in there. I don't think the, the number's got anything to do with anything. There's no reason why the number four was in there. It was just there. <laughs> it looked cool. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what were you talking about again? And then uh, on the Wikipedia articles, it's always layer cake. Um, phonetically, or, you know, written as with the four. Yeah. Uh... yeah, lucky number Slevin. That's another one. That's You've another seen one. it because that title is so bad. I remember a guy I went is. to high school with was like, it's my favorite movie I've ever <laughs> And I was like, really? Why? And he's like, I just love it so much. I was like, all right, man, whatever. Oh, fuck. I, like yeah, I, I do love, yeah, I love, I love Wikipedia. Also, occasionally stylized as layer cake and the E. On cake is backwards. Oh God! Yeah. Just to fuck with people, or yeah, that movie wasn't good. It was a, it was someone trying to do um, guy the Ritchie. Ritchie. Yeah, it was it was a wannabe Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, What's well, that? Because that's, it, uh, it, that's Matthew Vaughn, right? Uh, who did Stardust Kick and uh, Kick Ass for X Men First Class? Oh yeah, now he's doing all that. Oh, he was the, and he was yeah he was the producer on Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Mm. I guess he has some credence to do mm-hmm. it. But Wait, oh, yeah, so. no, totally like Lyric Cake. Like, when we first said that, I went, oh, he was some knockoff Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> all the knockoff Guy Ritchie. If something down. makes you appreciate Guy Ritchie more, it's, it's not, <laughs> you've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, potentially. So uh, for my creeping, I, I watched one oh. movie I can't even discuss on this episode because neither of you ha- have gotten to Star Trek Nemesis. No. That's what, is that with Voyager? I saw this article once, and it was uh, Star Trek Nemesis. How? What's that actor's name? The British actor, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, how Star Trek Nemesis got Tom Hardy addicted to drugs. Yeah, um, so apparently he... that's where it all started. Yeah, I, I saw another thing where someone when they were, when he was going to be Bane, people were like, "You're going to be a big guy now, like you're in a comic book movie." And he's like, "Yeah, they told me the same thing for Nemesis." <laughs> I, I just, uh, I just, yeah. I, I sent yeah. you guys a spoiler image oh god he looks a... really skinny yeah because you guys do you guys know what he what he is in the movie is, <laughs> is he, he, is he or half or something? well he's no he's like a he was a rom he's a failed romulan clone of picard oh my god oh interesting because they're they were going to like do something where i guess they would age him up and then they'd swap him in for picard uh, so he has like all the weird like genetics like it's like I'm like I don't think he was like that fucking bald when he was in Starfleet but maybe I'm yeah I don't think so. well he wasn't even that bald like in season one of TNG he had the like the it's donut stri- yeah yeah oh yeah it's this this movie's pretty bad I m- might say it's actually worse than Insurrection in some ways possibly I might I might say that Insurrection I, I haven't got bad. there because I'm not I'm not um. Or maybe I have. I'm getting all the names mixed up. But RJ didn't obey the Reddit-approved way of watching movies. Well, you can't watch those movies till I fucking finish 
Voyager. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because I wasn't even supposed to. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to watch Insurrection until after Voyager. But Jared, Jared bullied me. You remember when watching watch movies was fun and watching Star Trek <laughs> no. was fun? <laughs> I don't I remember that. Fucks your life up. <laughs> yeah, it's only a chore now. Yeah. Watching movies, watching Star Trek, it's yeah. just a, it's the thing that saved my life during the quarantine last year. Star Trek has now turned into a this grueling process, and it's all because of Voyager. Fucking Voyager. So you guys want to hear about Voyager? <laughs> do I? I don't know how much you guys want me to talk about. I can. How do much a did couple. you? Okay. How much did you watch? Do you remember the last time we talked about Voyager? Uh, yeah. It's, it's been a, a what two weeks did essentially. You, did you save it to me to be an asshole? So I, I, oh, let's get Ollie off the podcast for a bit. We need a break. We need a break. Uh, no. Um, I just know you're so invested in Voyager, Ollie. I just wanna. <laughs> I just wanna tell you about it. Well, I have. Um, so wait, where did we finish? We finished at season five. Right? Yeah, we finished season five. Season. I th- see. I thought. I thought you were going to save all the Voyager talk till after our guests were off the. I can do that if you want. Yeah. Let's just do that because the, 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 okay. the, the rest will go on forever. No one will. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I, I will tease you guys. Uh, I am almost done season six, so Good. I almost have an entire season. So you might. You might even be done season seven by the time in like three we weeks. Finish the guest run. Yeah. I might be. And I, I will give you this uh, little thing about season six. I have not one, but two zero out of four star episodes. Have you guys talked? Have you gone to that Nazi episode I, I messaged you yes. about? Uh, when, yeah. Was, yeah. So, actually, just some background. So, before I started the Star Trek call, I had only watched two episodes of Star Trek in my life. One was the Nazi episode when I was about eight. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then another one was uh, when Bashir was rapidly aging in a dream, I think. Oh, I, I know both those episodes pretty well. Yeah, the Bashir aging one's not bad, actually. That's almost I, like I the, villain is, the villain is, is awesome. That dream interesting yeah. villain guy was pretty oh, badass. Yeah. yeah, that one's not bad. The uh, Voyager literal Nazis, not great. I said they, yeah, well, I, I actually, um, some history for other listeners. So, you know, I... I I love Star Trek and I've actually been really enjoying watching it. And I, and you know, like, like classic good sci-fi, it's all metaphors for something else. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've done Nazi episodes before. One of the best Star Trek episodes was the Nuremberg, Nuremberg trials episode, uh, but without having to fucking mention Nazis. And so I, Mentioned RJ was like they must have got sick of metaphors by Voyager and then just doing literal Nazis at this point, which is so cheap. Yeah, that that is exactly what they're doing. And like I think I've mentioned a few times, Voyager is a weird bag, right? Where it's like, it is like uh, it's less like Star Trek than any Star Trek show. It's definitely like I think it was this would be the gateway for kids. I think mm. where it's like it's it's kind of like a family type show where it's like this is generalized 90s stuff. But where the other ones like TNG and DS9, those existed like 80s, 90s, and they don't yeah. feel like that at all. So this is the one that feels most dated with like when it came out. It's mm. very strange. But yeah, they all subtlety was thrown out as soon as they uh, introduced some of the Voyager characters. They're like, no, we need real Nazis that state. Uh, yeah. Or I think there's the line I was just going to go over people's heads. There, there's the line where it's like the Borg. It's like they were like the Nazis of their era. They were like they, the Borg they, of their do era. They literally say that. They do. They do. Uh, <laughs> it's something like they're talking so about so Nazis and like the guy's trying to relate it back to like the future people. And he's like, it's like they were the Borg of their era. They were trying to assimilate everyone. Yeah. Do you reckon it's for American audiences that didn't even know what Nazis were? It's like, but you know what? The Borg are, right? 
Well, the, the, He's the like, Borg are like Nazis. Of course we know the Borg. You do at the end of Voyager, the Borg come up every about three episodes. Yep. That's how they, that's the only thing that uh, people still tuned in for was Borg possibility. Borg <laughs> yeah, I was just introduced to the Borg children, and uh, we got some interesting stuff coming your guys' way near the end of season six. So. Oh, man. man. Yeah, I, I won't talk about any Voyager. S- but still no season. Ernest Borg 9, though. <laughs> not not yet. What you know, what was uh, the rules about Jerry? Uh, sorry, RJ getting the tattoo. Like, what has, do we have to do to, to get he, that going? He just has to well, go get I'm it. Going to. I just have to go get it. Like the only thing, like last year when it happened, that was still when like uh, you got lockdowns week. were pretty rampant here. So mm. uh, it is open now. I, I do have. Hey, to, I just got to go two, get it. You got two weeks. Double A's on. Oh, I well, I don't know. I don't know if I can get in that soon. My tattoo artist is uh, heavily booked. He's usually like two, three months in advance. Well, you should tell him like the situation, and mm. he'll understand. So I'm a podcaster. Is there anything you, I can give you exposure? <laughs> I, I I will I will offer exposure for uh, in an expediated process. Uh, well, if I don't get it in time, that just means double A uh, laying has to come in another time. Where are you gonna get it? On my butt, probably. <laughs> I where else would you get where where else would you get it? My face. Just right here on the neck. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I hate neck. I hate neck tattoos. It just looks like physically someone strangling. You know what I mean? It's like a turtleneck. It just looks like, I know it, it just, I don't know. It's it just like sort of looks constricting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a personal problem. So, so R- <laughs> RJ, if you have, if you're not, uh, so you're not going to talk about Voyager. You watch anything else there? Uh, no, did I? No, I that's fine. So. That's fine. Actually, and, well, I mean, no, not really, but Andrew and I have been watching AP bio on netflix and uh i relate to that show quite a bit it's um dennis from always sunny it's his oh, okay. other show where he's a he's a failed professor that goes to teach high school biology and i uh i relate oh. to him in the show quite weird a bit. Uh, strange yeah i don't know why i, 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 I don't know, know why i have no idea why it would be <laughs> yeah but uh that show's good but uh no i haven't uh fuck no i haven't watched anything cool or done anything fuck yeah great i love it uh yeah. Any any news people would like to share? I feel like we've Dust- probably already discussed it at this point, but Dusty mm-hmm. Hill from ZZ Top died. What? Yeah, that there was someone the... else died recently. Well, there, was, there was the scary news of uh, Bob Odenkirk collapsing. That's right. On, That's on the no, set, of, but yeah. supposedly he's fine. Apparently, it's... did you watch Nobody? No, no. It's not as great as what everyone was saying, but it's it's good fun. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I just remembered. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast, but uh, when we were uh, when we were talking about Rebecca and the Rebecca remake that had Army Hammer in it, did you guys hear how like everyone bailed on Army Hammer and like there was suspicion that cannibal, was, like right? eating people? Yeah, <laughs> he's a cannibal. I don't think it's a suspicion. I think it's like confirmed. He's a straight up cannibal. Right? Well, he, yeah. he's into can- he's into cannibal it. like fantasy cannibal play. Yeah, yeah. But like he did it though for sure. You know, someone like cut off a little piece of tongue or something and like gave it to him, right? Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Hey, before we move on, I just realized I didn't want to plan, but I did have one planned question. Should I watch Art School Confidential? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I mean, look, if you haven't you haven't seen it before. No. Yes, you should. Yeah. you should see it. Then yeah. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. If you after the show, look up, look it up on Wikipedia where it's the director commenting. It's like, yeah, it wasn't the greatest movie ever, but it was better than other movies that came. Oh, yeah. That, it's sort of like that's, not even. Yeah, that's Terry's Terry. Terry Wygoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not great, but like it was, it's better yeah, than nothing. It wasn't nothing. as bad as what people said. 
Oh, Terry. So sad. It's not the best movie ever, you guys, but like, whatever. I like it. It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, is that all for the new? Uh, maybe. I don't know. What even is news, Drip? It's what's happening now. The issues is that it? inform our lives. Is it? I don't know. I'm looking at like pretty cool little cat pictures on Twitter. I mean, that's pretty. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. Is that that? That's what you're doing at the moment. Is just uh, cat liter- literally. Well, no, I just saw it was on my feed, and then hey, I see mm-hmm. I see Bob Odenkirk's trending because everybody's happy that uh, whatever whatever happened to him. Ooh, all elite wrestling. You hear about you hear about this? You hear about the wrestling? Isn't it crazy though that everyone just knew Bob Oden Bob Odenkirk passed out? And I've just been waiting for day to hear if he's okay or not. Oh, that like, one. what kind of world do we live in? You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's like that's one where like pretty well universally people are like, oh fuck no. No, I yeah, know. I mean, it's not good. He's just, he's, I, he's 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 part of that list, RJ. That I know that you don't care when people die, <laughs> but uh. No, I know. I I'm just saying. Like, I find it weird that like people are even aware that he had to go to the hospital. You know what I mean? So it's just media. like this guy's. Yeah, I, you, I know. Yeah. I get that. Did you ever hear Did what happened know? to Dr. Dre like a month ago? When he had like that stroke and had to go to the hospital, people were tweeting about how Dr. Drew was in the hospital and people went to his house and robbed him because they knew <laughs> he wasn't there. This happened like two months ago. It's next level I... that, that That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like yes, I do wish Bob Odenkirk well because I like him. He's an, He seems like a nice guy. But uh, it's kind of kind of bizarre that yeah. uh, talking about it at all, you know? I think, yeah, I guess because of nobody's success, I was kind of like, you know, just I, I try not to get involved with celebrities post COVID. Like I just can't stand them. Yeah. But you know, after nobody's success, I was like, uh, I kind of felt like that was due. Where it's sort of like, yeah, he got he got his good little action movie in that everyone loved and everyone watched. Mm-hmm. So good on good on the guy. But you know, wish him yeah. well. Dr. Like Dre him. though, fuck that guy. You're not a Dre fan? No Chronic 2001 or what? Oh, I mean, that's that's sort of my generation, I suppose. Um, yeah. So are you saying that if Dr. Dre was in the hospital again, you would be part of the gang that robbed his house? That's exactly what I'm saying. At me, smash the TV on every on everything. Well, I mean, he, he he's mentioned on record that he's still got all those guns, right? So like, I, those it, would probably sell for a lot of money. That's right. What did you think? That, when was I, I read that recently. Forgot was that about a Dre. song? Or was it? Yeah, because yeah, that came up on my little YouTube. He's talking about guns like I ain't got none. Would you think I sold them all? I, I've been listening fucks, to man. that in my that song fucks. Yeah, that song fucks so bad. That that chronic album, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's legendary. I only have a C. I don't have Bluetooth in my car. I'm driving an old beater, so I just have CDs. And like people have been making fun of me lately because I still buy CDs. And they're like, "What do you mean you buy CDs?" It's like I bought a CD like last week. And they're like, "Why? Why?" And I was like, "Because that's the only way I can listen to music in my car, man. Like I I gotta have CDs." Anyways, that's that's a little bit of my life for you guys. <laughs> what was throwing me off there for a little bit was Oliver saying that the song fucked, and I was like, "What? Like Night Night, night Beast?" I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting, yeah, kinda. I'm getting Chronic mixed up. 2001 is the one, the album I like because it's got all, it's all the features. You know, it's got like every legend on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. And yeah, it does fuck just like Night Beast. Jared. There we go. They both do in their own way. Night Beast, um, not a, which is very similar plot to the movie we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after the Pretty break, uh, a New Zealand writer lands in the forest and a bunch of hillbillies try to kill her. Just like that. 
like Night Beast. Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about An Angel at My Table, directed by Jane Campion from 1990, and we're joined by first time, uh, or long first, first listener first of the time, podcast, long time. Or, long, or second yeah, time, really long time, <laughs> multi-time, uh, second time guest, first time friend, first time friend, he was long time first, friend, first friend of the show. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say, I believe. Sure. Oliver Granger. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, he's here. An authentic New Zealander, New Zealander. Yeah. on mm-hmm. the only movie worthy uh, from New Zealand of being in the Criterion Collection. Holy shit. It's it's our only movie. It's the only movie we made. Yeah. With, <laughs> with your own... The only one? Sweat, piss, and shit slapped yeah. together. Yeah. Do you think Taiki Watiti or uh, Bad Taste from Peter Jackson are going to make it in the Criterion one day? Nope. They haven't gone to oh. Netflix first. You have to go to Netflix, then Criterion. Yeah. Work, work yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So I just want to say to all you YouTube listeners, it's like when you say, <laughs> you don't understand 1950s New Zealand. I don't even understand it either. But I'm a New Zealander, so fuck you. 
You're, you're as close as it gets. I guarantee yeah. all those people commenting aren't from New Zealand. They're probably from like Delaware. They're like, you don't understand the context of uh, New, Z- uh, New Zealand in 1990. And it's like, well, we got one. Yeah, we, we, we got one. I mean, sure, he's a cis one. white male, <laughs> but hey, he's he's from the he's from that place. So we, most we... of them are in New Zealand, though. So it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Based on the autobiographical oh. work of New, Ze- New Zealand writer Janet Frame, this production depicts the author at various stages of her life. Afflicted with mental and emotional issues, Frame grows in an improp- oh my God, impoverished family and experiences numerous tragedies while still in her youth, including the deaths of two of her siblings. Portrayed as an adult by Carrie Fox, Frame finds acclaim for her writing while still in a mental institution, and her success helps her move on with her life. So uh, <laughs> this is a movie that it sounds like a lot of other movie titles. I got to say that this Does it? The title typifies like for, I don't know, North American audiences, the exact type of movie you would see in the foreign film section. It's just this nondescript title. You look at it and go, oh, look at this cover. That What country is that from? Has it got subtitles? I, I that, That's hopefully. 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 Yeah, fuck. So it, it did. It's, it's an option when you're watching it on mm-hmm. the Criterion channel. Uh, so, yeah, this is a movie that I was not familiar with. I know uh, the director's name, though I don't think I'd seen anything by her ever. I've never really? seen I've, I've, I've never seen the piano. I've seen most of her films. Oh, really? Damn. I've seen the I, posters I, I, for them. I didn't realize we had the, the real expert here. I watched the three-minute uh, supplement of her talking about her life, and it showed clips from most of these movies. So Okay. I feel like that's almost the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. I imagine that uh, Oliver, they they teach the works of uh, Jane Campion in schools, correct? No, it's all um, Peter Jackson. Yeah, mm. the Hobbit Fair. King, King himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this movie had only really been on my radar this whole time, is because that this was the first movie I think that uh, way back early in the days when we made the offer on Patreon for people to come onto the show. Oliver's like, yeah, I mean, this is the only one I would do probably, and that's going to be like <laughs> f- four years from now. Thinking <laughs> you're never going to fucking <laughs> that, get that, that podcast isn't going to last that long. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and now he's been on twice. <laughs> hey, time makes fools of us all, right? That's right. And who are the biggest fools? But the ones doing this goddamn podcast well and oliver granger because as i mentioned earlier he's been here this whole time so he's as much to blame for this as we are (laughs) if we didn't get that email from you like on on our sixth or seventh episode or something maybe we would have given up long long ago so it's your fault as well i regret regret it all man don't you worry so do we so do we so anyway (laughs) an angel at my table um have you seen this before, Oliver? Yeah, I have seen it before. Um, I've been in the same room as Jane Campion once. Wow. Um, Did you get her? Go. Oh, I got her. Actually, uh, <laughs> before this podcast, I actually, you know how all New Zealand is a tiny little buttfuck country and we all know each other? Mm. So I actually reached out to Jane Campion um, to do a little introduction for this episode. Uh, and she said, all right, well, crikey, I'm Jane fucking Campion. 
That's uh that that was an audio clip we we uh, inserted into here. That was uh that was an actual thing. No, I actually I literally did. I I gave Auntie uh, Jane a call mm-hmm. and she uh-huh. said, "Crikey, I'm fucking making a movie here." And actually, I don't know if you I actually I'd read it the other day. I saw this one of the screenshots from it uh, was trending uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch. So she was right. She was actually too busy to write a movie, but she did uh, send me the introduction to the book, um, nice. which she wrote in. But I think I'll bring that up a little bit later. Nice. That's, that's so you're you're doing nice. a lot more work than we ever have. Yeah. When I, when I first emailed her, she's like, "What?" Well, I mean, I'm gonna. I keep saying her, but it was. It went for an agent first. She's like, "All right, when do you want to talk to Jane?" I was like, "I don't want to talk to her, man. I just wanted to say something funny." Um, but she was, we just yeah. wanted her to come on and say butts and dumps for about yeah. half a minute. We so didn't want worry. anything more. Uh, what would you say to a notorious woman hater before going into this movie? You're talking about her, right? Yeah, she hates women. Yeah. Well, I mean, self-hating. This movie, who's to say? But yeah, I've, I'd seen this movie before. Um, so the big history of Jane Campion and the surprise of the Criterion Collection is that Piano wasn't the first movie on there, but I assume that was the case. I don't know if it was Miramax or whoever's got it, but I, I assumed it was so widely circulated that it didn't need to be in the Criterion Collection, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, this is literally the worst uh, first view of New Zealand cinema in the collection. It's the only one. It's ridiculous. I, I don't, I, I don't really... I'm younger than, you know, I was born after this movie was made, but Janet Frame, the author herself, probably not that well-known here anymore. Like, and in, in, I'm talking mainstream circles. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jane Campion was known um, because when the piano came out, I actually have no idea when it came out. Was it late 90s, early 2000s? I don't know. I think it was late 90s. It was 93, I think. Um, oh, so quite early. So this was, a, I know uh, Angel Batou, I think it was her second movie. But um, so when this came out, this was, uh, well, sorry, when Piano came out, it was uh, given to New Zealand audiences like this is, you know, New Zealand's finest film. Yeah, it's incredible and stuff. And and actually what I've talked to the older generation of Kiwis is when it came out, most of them fucking hated the piano because it was so art house for us at the time. We had no sort of uh, entry into art house cinema. No, we, so you, you had two crowds. The mainstream New Zealanders was like, oh, this is crap. And the other, Adi Fadi, was like, oh, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, so... Yeah, this Angel at My Table probably has no cultural relevance in New Zealand anymore, I would say. Jane Campion is herself be well known for the piano, and then more recently that uh, Top of the Lake TV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's when I was in the same room. I forgot about the Top of the Lake thing. Yeah, that, that show is actually quite decent. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when I was in the same room as her, that was... For the second season, I watched it, The, you know, did a Criterion Group special and, and sat there and we watched the whole season in one sitting at the cinema mm-hmm. and she came and introduced it. Hmm. So did you actually talk to her? No. <laughs> no. What would you have said, though? Crikey! Say, <laughs> so where's your meat pie? <clears throat> That's a thing that is also relevant for uh, I would have said, people. Um, what's your favorite sandwich? What's your favorite sandwich? Is, is it Marmite? Is it? And if she gave you the wrong answer, what would you have done? You know what I've done. Yeah. I've been yeah. given the RJ special. A smile and a see you later. With one of these. 
Whoa. People listening don't know what what motion uh, yeah, I made. So. This, is, this is getting weird. Um, it was a wave. It's so like when, wave. When, when did your relationship with the uh, the works of Janet Frame begin? When I was a child, I think I really connected with uh, the deep roots and the uh, wholesomeness of the uh, New Zealand people, uh, mostly the working class. Um, I uh, I first heard of this person a week ago, oh. and. Uh, well, I mean, other than I, I remember Oliver did say years ago, I'll come on when that New Zealand movie is on. And like everyone else, I thought I'd be dead by here. So, uh, but uh, no, I, I, I knew nothing of this lady. So this is jumping in fresh as uh, as usual, I guess. I'd okay. like to state one correction. There is actually one other New Zealand movie in the collection, but it's in the Laserdisc oh. episodes. Mm. But it's so far down. It doesn't count. And it, so I, I'm not sure. I doubt you'll ever get to it. But if you do, it is such a challenging movie. I'll come on for it, but it's it's very racially challenging. So it's gonna that would be hmm. not an enjoyable episode. Was it We Were Warriors? Once, yeah. Once Warriors, Warriors, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are, are any of them enjoyable episodes? <laughs> I quite like your double features of Sijun Suzuki. Oui. Oh yeah, we like those too. Those are some of our favorites. <laughs> some of my favorites. Okay, so uh, Angel Let Me Table. This movie is broken into three parts. Uh, part one is like is the coming of age, young adventures of poor people um, in in rural New Zealand, which is like amazingly enough, rural life seems pretty consistent all across uh, all walks of existence. A lot of mm-hmm. people hanging out in bathtubs, barefoot. Um, old wood shacks and but everyone's just like in whimsy you know they they parade and dance through the woods <laughs> there's like a, a always a specter of an abusive father hanging mm-hmm. over the uh, proceedings uh, dead children multiple dead dying people mm-hmm. there's like so we get introduced and, and this is like some real terrence malick kind of opening shots of like of young baby uh, Janet uh, with her mother and her running across some grass and it's very idyllic. And then it, like it's kind of, it sets up this idyllic kind of editing that the rest of the movie uh, has. And it's, it's just like you get like snapshots of her growing up. She's uh, you know walking down the street and she's this like you know chubby little uh, red haired girl with this big puff of like red curly hair and. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like surprised and like glad that it didn't go down this route of like everyone just like calling her fat or bullying mm-hmm. that you would often you would probably see it a lot of the times. It's kind of like, oh yeah, no, it's fine, it's cool, and like that's actually like <laughs> really appreciated. Unless I blinked and missed some, but yeah, it was one of those things where like yeah, it seems like it would be an easy thing to do, but uh, maybe a, it was a very conscious effort by Jane Campion to be like, no, we're not, we're not fucking doing that. Yeah, there there was no extreme scenes of like and in some similar movies of like intense chronic bullying like we're gonna do something absolutely disturbing to her when she's a child yeah like because you get like the closest thing to it would be um sort of like when she uh takes money from the purse to buy everybody in her class gum candy stuff and her teacher like makes her like stare at the chalkboard to break her will, <laughs> which is yeah. uh, some classic authoritarianism uh, in the, in the schoolhouse until she has to like out herself as being a thief. And then all the kids go, she's a thief, which is like, Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be something that everyone calls you forever, but they don't, they kind of, they kind of drop that. Um, it's just kind of like one of those like uh, 
incidents from, I'm assuming, from the books that I have not read. Um, you get these, like, weird little scenes that I also appreciate and, like, kind of, like, falls it under that, like, elliptical, uh, independent filmmaking style uh, where you have, like, this man who's having maybe a seizure on the train deck or he's, like, epileptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just, like, there. And she's, like, she just, like, lingers on this. And it's kind of like, oh. But I guess it kind of puts in the... It's kind of not foreshadowing. But uh, yeah, of, no, that was that was chronic foreshadowing because I, I was aware of the names of the places where that was literally at the hospital which she ended up in. Okay, mm. there we go. Because like I did like they had this scene. You're like, huh? How does this play into anything else? It just seems like a moment, but it does lead into it in a way that like it's indirect. It's, so it's, another, it's really well done. Another scene. That reminds me of what you're talking about is another one that that almost that had no relevance to the story is when that girl was singing and they were like she's leaving school her dad died or something like oh, her mum died and it was sort of this you know that was a very independent random scene of just this girl singing oh it's so sad her mum died and that was it you know with mm. no you never see her again yeah uh, my uh, my creeps note here is problematic child one-sided cowboy and indians uh, as we have this young this young boy just going around doing the <laughs> running around the yard, and you're like, ah, yes, because was this 1924 that we were opening up in? Did you have a problem with that going in? Where you had like, in, including Rupert's email this time? Do you have no fucking idea when the movie was set when you were watching it until uh, Hitler, uh, the Hitler on the news came in? Well, yeah. no, I mean, I know they definitely say that it's like. 19, like, I was born, born in 1920. Yeah, yeah, and that's like so you're like, okay. And then like the next time it comes up, it's like we won the war. Like they did, yeah. they just bombed Japan. <laughs> the the, yeah. the war is over, and it's like oh, like because so obviously the that is just like a backdrop. It's just kind of happening in the background. It's not like a major point, which is makes sense when you're a kid. Like it would seem like a very distant thing, especially if like there's nothing going on in the, that the part of the world that you're existing in it would just be like oh it's an afterthought it's just like on the cusp unless it's it's especially not what your movie's about and you're like oh hey we're gonna do some scenes of soldiers it's like well that's gonna cost you uh like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do this um adjusted for inflation of course but so yeah Yeah. like pretty well like this is just kind of these like this episodic moments of uh janet frame's life growing up there's no real rhyme or reason i felt to a lot of it it's just kind of i don't know kind of poetic <laughs> it's like this suggestions just, what, of like what was that word Jared? poetic kind of that's that's oh, what wow. that's that, that's that's what i felt like uh the first kind of hour segments were like it didn't yeah. it felt kind of a little listless a little directionless but i mean engaging enough in this way but this was also made for television originally i'm yeah. assuming it would have been broadcast in three parts and then because it was successful enough they're like hey let's put it together as a movie and sh- shop it around to these film festivals let's put new zealand on the map and uh, that's, that's i'm not actually 100 percent sure that it was ever actually screened on television i think obviously the it just made the leap idea the initial idea was and they filmed it actually in 16 mil and then yeah, maybe the finished product, then they turned a movie. I'll have to double-check that, but I'm not sure. One thing I, I did want to mention when you said the scenes of pointlessness, and I made the same mistake I did with Jamaica in, as I read the books that this was based on. And so each scene, apart from um, for the one I mentioned before, the girls singing, I don't remember, but each scene, like the candy uh, and other scenes, 
were of extreme importance in the book. So it was something that she lingered on for the rest of her lives as 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 life defining moments. Uh, so even though in the previous one I said about Jamaica and saying don't read the book because it will spoil the movie, uh, yeah, there, there'll be a lot of times I think I'll be bringing up the book. Well, it's good that you've actually read it though, because mm-hmm. that, that is I think important. So like. You'd seen the movie before, had you read the book? Before prior? I read the book. So I saw the movie. So, spoiler, I saw the movie, yeah, I don't know, when I saw it a couple of years ago, before I read the books, probably before I was aware of the criteria. Actually, it would have been, because if it was a criterion, I wouldn't have watched it after you guys came along. Mm-hmm. So, because I was like, there's no fucking, if it's a criterion, no matter how far along it is, I'm mm-hmm. not fucking watching it. Um, sorry, <laughs> Roma. Go. Sorry. Good, good on yeah. you. Irish, yeah, Irishman. Um, so. Yeah, and the movie, when I first watched it, had little consequence to me. It didn't actually leave me with any impact whatsoever. Uh, so I read the book, I think, earlier in the year in preparation for this um, episode, which definitely affected my viewing this time. Okay. So do you, I guess with that in mind, does the, like, my read of it is feeling kind of listless seem right, though, in the terms of a person who hasn't read the book, where it's just kind of like, what what is this an aid of? Like, other than it's like, oh, it's just telling a story, but it's not like, there's no, like, aha, like, psychological yeah. reading. It seems like this is, like, a far more impressionistic, like, kind of... Uh, execution because well, the person's read the book and it's like, well, I'm going to make a thing about these are the things that jumped out at me. And here's a series of scenes that are like important, but like not necessarily mm. like the, um, it lacks that narrative guide of like why that's important. Cause there's no, like you know, there's no heavy handed voiceover narration, like of like, this is what happened to me. And this was very yeah. important because of that. And I think because there, that's removed, which is not a bad thing. Uh, it does kind of feel like, Oh, these are just scenes kind of like shuffle together. Um, and then, then you get, you get things again, like the foreshadowing of like, Oh, my sister's like image didn't appear properly in the photograph. What's going to happen to her. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, and it's startling still. Um, when uh, Myrtle uh, yeah. dies, and it's just like because that's exactly what happened. There's this this man barges in because it's like, and it's like I'm a doctor, and it's like your, your daughter's dead. She's Crying. dead. Christ. <laughs> that, that reminds me. Have you guys seen Oliver? I know Jared hasn't. Have you seen the new Halloween movie? No. <laughs> the, oh yeah, the, the David the Gordon Green one. You talk, yeah, yeah, I have. There's a scene in that movie that is just like it's still to this day I think about it when like there's a big accident and people are coming out and the guy looks and he goes get inside I'm a doctor and then people just go inside and then yeah. they and that's it and I that's go actually, you've weird. actually t- touched on a central theme of the book there which is people which is what I think actually is spoil uh, I don't want to didn't want to talk about it too much till later but is what I thought how the movie failed. Um, and, and, and a central theme of the book, at least, was people telling Janet Frame what to do. And so the same with the doctor. I'm a doctor. This is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so I think what worked in the movie, which sounds like some stuff you resonated in, just sort of beautiful poetic scenes, which maybe fits more into Janet's writing, which I actually have read a biography. I don't read her other books. You know, poetic lists of scenes flying together, which it works for the movie. But actually, uh, as far as I'm concerned with the book, um, yeah, failed the central themes of the book, which I'll talk about later. That's interesting. Um, and doctors. And doctors. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's just, 
lobotomizing power telling yeah yeah minute power telling you you're gonna go doctor you're gonna get a lobotomy i'm a doctor this is what you gotta do i'm a teacher you've got to go to hospital that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i've been there so i guess like to summarize part one for myself i kind of like view this like at times as like poverty porn where it's Mm -hmm. just like it's like this Mm -hmm. weird like almost sentimentality that a lot of 90s filmmakers like harmony corinne comes to mind i'm just kind of like oh look look at the way life was but i'm gonna present it really stripped down like lynn ramsey with Ratcatcher, which is a little like was it 2000 mm-hmm. very similar like there's like mm-hmm. very strong vibes um between like uh lynn ramsey and gene campion i'm like also I'm like oh they're also both like women directors um and they're they're kind of like their subject matter is just beelined onto the stories here of like just people <laughs> Uh, but whether they live in like row houses or they're living, um, you know, in pro- not projects, but the, um, council council, uh, housing. yeah. And, uh, or here it's just like, well, these are just like, uh, people like living out on the farm, <laughs> like, and they're like, but it's like, what does the dad do for a living? And fuck like when he, when he first showed up, I was kind of like, who is this like, the, like the janitor at the school? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, like, I missed something. I was like, whoa, is, are they like, uh oh, is this getting into uh, uh, bad man, bad man vibes? But then I was like, oh, okay, that's her dad. <laughs> I see. Uh, and then, then of course, it's like, he seems like a decent guy until uh, they start talking about, uh, you know, fucking. Uh, you, you have some, some adolescent fucking in the woods, which of course, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's, that's, what you, that's what you do in uh, indie riffic movies. Who does that? Uh, adolescence, like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, from like a Larry yeah. Clark movie. So there's there's boning, sure, because it's because sure. because that's it's contrary to the idea that children don't do that. You know, twelve year olds don't have sex with twelve year olds or whatever. Uh, I mean, most I know don't, but you know, <laughs> right. So, but it's not, it doesn't happen. But then to be um to be like, but it does happen. I'm I'm going to show it as a movie. I can do that mm-hmm. as a as a as a female director. I'm bold enough to get away with this. Because uh, sure. I'm, I'm I'm not going to. Uh, be a man going about showing this which could get real creepy through the male gaze with that as they say Mm -hmm. um so it's it's interesting though with that that sex scene if you're talking about female directors it was all behind the tree you saw some legs some noises Mm -hmm. and it was mostly gents right if a man directed that it was it'd it'd probably be a completely different in (laughs) really in your face yeah, yeah, and sort of like let's sexualize the scene, which was mm-hmm. which is wasn't the point. But or or, or you get fat girl, and you get that handling, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. Anyway, so that's kind of like my my notes on part one to the Island, as it's called. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did. Oh, where is I going to go? It's, it's, you, you, you bring it in, Jared. Well, oh, sorry, RJ, while I'm thinking. I, I'm i the wrong guy to ask. I never have anything to say. He wants other people yeah. to talk. Usually. Uh, she's a little kid, and she stole some money. She bought some gum. And uh, I'm just interested. In New Zealand, can you just buy satchels of gum where it's just like hundreds of pieces in, of in gum? 19, in, 19, a, yeah. in 1932, 100%. That's all like no, all candy well, it's was. Still, it's, it's still mm. now where you, you guys buy your milks in a sack. We buy our gum in a sack. So. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So uh, that was what I thought, though. Wh- one thing I was conscious of in this movie and then learning it was a TV show first, there's almost no establishing shots. 
There's the one of her walking down the road at the start. Yep. But mm-hmm. presumably because it was TV and budget reasons as well, it was it's basically pretty close up from then on. So, I mean, I assume you guys have no idea where in the country the movie was set. New, uh, uh, in New, in, it's like right in, near the beach. Yeah. It's in New Zealand, <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah. 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 So that was yeah, it's in the South Island, um, which is the shit island. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the, the what's good the, what's the good island? The North Island where, I, where I'm at. So North Island's where it's oh. all at. South Island, yeah, shit all. Nah, there's the beautiful mountains probably. I've never been there once <laughs> or twice maybe. Um, so there's no establishing shots. So I, I guess that's a part of the theme. And like I said, you know, dear, where the dad was in the book, it was very clear. He was a, he worked on the railroads, which is why maybe some of those scenes of the trains were quite, you know, there's a, there was an establishing shot of the trains going across and where they were living was apparently not council flats, but properties maintained by the railroad company, um, but in complete poverty. It wasn't until you mentioned before where I actually started thinking of movies like Gummo and stuff like the bathtubs and, and you know and that Gummo's the yeah. pool. Well, I think of like you know? George Washington. I just thought of yeah, too. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Oh no, it's like it's so funny because like there will be people who be like, no, these are like real movies. Like they're like they have like a real like point of view. And sometimes I'm like, or it's like an aesthetic that you just like. I mean, these are like yeah. when I think of like yeah again, I, I use the term indie rific because I mean these things like, like there was some other movie before as you were talking. I was like, oh yeah, and then George Washington and then. You went right to this yeah. this vibe yeah. of these movies. <laughs> so most these poor people, they're going to have a bathtub in their backyard, hundred percent. But they're not going to have five set up next to each other, you know, beautifully mm. on their backyard. I've, I thought one thing in the in the in the first part, I think it captured New Zealand's way of talking really well, and actually stuff that carried on in Taika Waititi's films. It was sort of uh, someone said that did a class at school called commercial. She's like, did you know I do commercial at school? She's like. Oh yeah, you know, and sort of that was the the comment, the conversation, the awkwardness of, oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah. Okay, bye. Or I can do Spanish dancing. Oh, show us. Oh, nice. That's how New Zealanders talk to each other. Clearly, have you ever done any uh, Spanish dancing? No. <laughs> have you? <laughs> I'm doing it right now, which is most people can't see. So. Yeah, in the book, most of the scenes chosen were, yeah, stuff that affected her really badly. And, and, and as I mentioned before, maybe in the movie, it just comes off as, oh, these are little aspects of her life that, that change her. For example, another one was when she was writing her poem, and her sister told her to change a word in the poem, and then she rubbed it. She's like, rub it out and write another word, you know, about the moon. And, and she actually ends up reading the poem out loud and not, and then she didn't change the word. That was like an extreme act of defiance for her not following what her sister said. Um, yeah, so... Hmm. I, uh, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I like that scene. I thought it was nice. Because when she was changing it, I was like, I think what she wrote was better. Yeah, it was better. Just stick with that, girl. And then uh, I was happy to see when uh, they, they were reading it with the teacher, who I got I to gotta admit... Give her 19, a big huggy. Give her a big... Ni- yeah. 1930s or not. Uh, maybe don't have the kids sit on your lap, sit your lap while you're, and give them a big hug. I, I feel like that could be a problem. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like I liked that scene, too. Right, Jer? Absolutely. Don't, don't have kids on your laps that aren't yours. No. Maybe don't do that. Don't. Just as... 
just don't. Yeah. I so quite I, liked, um, oh, I was going to say, I quite liked other scenes of where the kids would see the Spanish dancing or other things and then mm-hmm. spend the rest of their day replicating that at home. I thought yeah. that was quite natural where, you know, kids would pick up one thing of their day and then that's, that's them for the week. They'll be doing Spanish dancing around the house. I agree. I, I like that too, where it is like, yeah, kids see one thing and then it's just like, this is what I am now. And you go, okay, yeah, that's weird, but all right. That's what kids do. So it makes sense. Right, Jared? Absolutely. <laughs> Spanish dancing. You're a big Spanish dancing boy. Oh, I've seen it. Man, you've, you've seen it. I've seen it. You weren't there, but I saw it. Um, then we get, uh, so we kind of, we have Alexia Kog, Kug, the mm-hmm. uh, child Janet. Uh, we have adolescent uh, Janet, played by Karen Ferguson. And from my understanding, and hopefully this isn't a um, Louis Benwell situation, she kind of vanishes. Those two are like, you never see the again. And then it's Carrie Fox for like the... For the rest of the movie, the, the, right? for, for, for like pretty well, like the very end uh, part one and all the way through the rest and it's just Carrie yeah. Fox yeah and I and I thought they probably should have maybe done a third one if they were like keen on changing actresses because I think that the change of time especially when she was in the mental hospital eight years the, and then she becomes an adult it's sort of there's not much change from her as a, as a college student into adulthood it, she looks about the same by the end of the movie a couple couple more added wrinkles yeah, that's about yeah, it yeah, even though it's like it's like 20 or 30 years or something like that. Yeah. They rip right through. I mean, that's pretty movie-ish, though. I can, I can imagine old uh, fellow New Zealander Russell Crowe blasting through a beautiful mind, slap slap some of that old man makeup on at the end to give your big speech. <laughs> I mean, that was part of it, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. So then we get to part two, which is an angel at my table. And so of course my assumption was, cause I didn't, I didn't really know anything about this movie until I started it. And I saw something about mentioning mental institutions. And I was kind of like, Oh, is she going to be talking? Is she, is she going to see angels at the dining table? And that was going to lead her to being in the mental hospital. I think these were things I just like thought of as I was like, okay, what can I expect from this as it goes on? But it's nothing of the sort. Um, she goes to like a real school now and uh she's she's moving on up she takes that train rj remember we you know we can book in things of trains because the train sure in have. which the house in which you live is near the trains and then you take the train and that's your path out out of that life onward. what else what else does it symbolize um transition movement what else are metaphors for trains <laughs> trains going into tunnels tell me more about trains well i'm done with trains okay put that behind us okay sure sure. so um our next like the next sequence is kind of about a woman struggling with uh society regular life even though it's like it's so strange like i watched this and this movie was made in 1990 uh Barton Fink is a movie that's like <laughs> coming out. Mm. Uh, this is that. This is that. That time frame. That's not that long ago. But I watched this and I wonder, I'm like, huh? Like nothing she's doing seems th- that terribly unusual in regards to like having lived a life and just seeing people like do all sorts mm-hmm. of things. And you're kind of, like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she's quirky, mm-hmm. but you know, she like goes to the graveyard and 
squirrels things away and eats there and hangs out and does what have you. That won't bring your sister back. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But of course, uh, this is a woman that's running afoul of uh, society. And so what, 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 uh, what decent society needs to do is help her. They need to help her find a path forward. Because they're like, well, you know, she's she's capable of uh, having a family and kids. And in the state that she's in, well, she's never going to meet a man. She's certainly not going to be able to, like, get it together and be sensible. So we're going to have to help her. That That's sort of like the, the walls closing in on... Uh, and I think that would be kind of... the This is, like, in some ways, like, the dramatic impetus for the the movie and it's kind of weird that it happens structurally right in the middle because when you get to part three there's not a lot of drama left <laughs> like because yeah. it's like because you don't mm. you, you can't beat medical horror uh, for me mm. um like when mm-hmm. you start like when you start realizing the gravity of the situation and oh your your ability to make choices for yourself your mom is signing off on like the me- the medical establishment to do whatever they want to you and they just keep telling you oh hey we're just we're, we have this new this new technology. It's called electroshock therapy. It's the only way to help with your schizophrenia because you definitely have that, and we're going to stick to it, even if like it doesn't seem right. We're going to do it because we want to make you better. You're, you'll fit right in. And you know, hundreds of times later, I can't remember what the time frame is. Is it two hundred doses of electroshock she therapy? Two hundred, yeah. In eight years, um, I don't know. Like... Yeah. Well, so like that one too. Like I actually on um... Fortnite. Schizophrenia is really weird, right? And uh, yeah. electric shock in general too, because I, I've seen a ton of those old like psych videos about these things and like the practices that they used to do. And electric shock and lobotomies, they would just do fucking whenever they felt like. And that was the issue where it was like what, what you said, Jerry was like, do you have schizophrenia? We don't know. I just kind of put a stick in there and twist it around a little bit. Um, but one thing that's like kind of weird is uh, electric shocks actually like can be really beneficial for people especially people with um depression which is the weird one where it kind of like it 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 creates like a like a new surge of not not just serotonin but like acetylcholine or something like that like it it like shoots up that so people with depression like some people like routinely get electric shock but it's like once every couple of months or something like that but uh what we have now is a lot better than uh i think what they had in the uh the 40s like when a it was car just like... battery attached it <laughs> yeah I, I just i literally got my teeth taken out yesterday oh that's gonna hurt yeah mm-hmm. and you go oh, that's too bad for you so yeah it's a uh, I, I think jared's what you said was right on it's like medical horror is pretty fucking gnarly it, yeah. but uh yeah it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing right like yeah I mean, I don't don't think it's, like, unique to me, but that is, like, one of those genres that... I mean, Mm -hmm. I I, know I think it totally is something that, like, a ton of people are affected by because often people will say that with The Exorcist, it's not, Mm -hmm. like, the possession stuff that, like, freaked them out. It's the stuff where, like, it's, like, the medical stuff with Reagan as they're trying to figure out what is scientifically wrong with her and they're putting her through this battery of tests. And that's the stuff that people say, yeah, that's what, like, really disturbed me was, like... Just like being brought into a hospital and like having like being hooked up to these machines, because uh, like hospitals are not fun in any way, shape, or form. They they suck. Uh, it, it, they're a necessity, but then there's times where it turns to you know what what we see here in uh, an angel at my table, 
where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to take you to a, to the right place for you. And there's going to be people and they'll speak to you in a very calm, comforting way and explain to you how they know what's best for you. And then suddenly you're in mm-hmm. this blue tinted room <laughs> with like and just like mm-hmm. with uh, you know people who have like full on like mental disabilities uh, that you're like, huh, I don't feel like I belong here at all. But who's going to believe you? It's like the worst case scenario of like, I'm not crazy. And then you find yourself in the loony bin with people that like are and you're like, what am I going to do about this? Um, that's a terrifying situation. And then the idea that like it's the, the state or whoever who has to deem you not crazy it's terrifying stuff nobody nobody wants it to happen to them uh the idea of that happening um yeah not fun let's talk about you know i just want to talk talk about the ladies for a second as well statistically still happening uh which is a fear of this movie and what you're talking about uh they, they they come out all the time and saying women are more likely to undergo procedures they have not agreed with or consented with to this day well, uh, yeah, there's those... I mean, so especially after birth, stuff like after birth, oh, we've noticed something wrong while you're in there. You're all out of it, just given birth. We're just going to cut, you know, we're just going to cut out your ovaries or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, there, there, um, there was that thing, like, I have no idea the credence of this, but I remember kind of in the, the lagging days of the Trump presidency, um, there was like the story of like, oh, these, these women like coming from Mexico being detained. And mm-hmm. like, oh, there's this doctor in Texas who's just giving them hysterectomies. They they were going into these like scenarios where they didn't know what was being done to them, and then yep. it's like it's just being done. You're like, oh, you're what is this? You're you're fixing them and then releasing them into the population. It's like, what the fuck? And it's like, is this real? Like, do we live in a world where this is just like weird internet hoaxes and like this is too horrifying to like fathom? Or is it completely believable because this is the world we live in? And like, yeah. you know, and people would be like, oh, yeah, it's like, what can you do? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because, like, that's the thing. It's like people, like, lobot- people were getting lobotomized um, in the last hundred years, like, on the regular. And mm-hmm. th- you're like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then, like, there's the, the images of uh, the people shambling around. Holding their stuffed animals, doing the little, yeah. the little, the little lobotomy shuffle, and uh, you're like, oh, yeah, you you get to see that, and you're like, that's going to be you next. Oh no, your our treatment, will be, well, you, your your yours will do better because it's a really good idea to like mess around in there because we're just practicing. We don't know what's going to happen, but eventually we'll get it right, and we think we're yeah. going to get it right with you. But it doesn't matter if you are okay with that or not because it's what's best. Yeah. I've I've often thought the best practice for me is just getting a stick and just kind of going right in here between my eye, you know, just giving it a wiggle. That's all they do, Jared. Isn't that like it's not, uh, it's not that evasive? <clears throat> they just give it a they just give it a little wiggle yeah. right in the front there, you know, just kind of scramble it up a little bit and then they pull it back out. No well, problem. I, I think for a really no long t- a long time as a as a kid, like lobotomies were kind of this like joke in cartoons. Like, yeah. like Homer Simpson getting a lobotomy. A lobotomy, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what's that? Oh, they take a little piece of your brain. And, like, in your mind, you're just like, they take it with, like, a whole, like, lump, like a huge handful. But in re- I, I think it wasn't until I read uh, uh, From Hell, where they actually, like, mm. they go, like... The, describe the, the process. They, they describe how the lobotomy goes about. And you're just like, oh, it's just a little bit. It's just a little nubbin that they take. And that's all it takes, a little flick of the switch. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, done. You're you're you're, you're, you, you're not a problem anymore. Did mm-hmm. you notice in the movie they call it something different? I, I they call it a that... leukotomy. Yeah. Is there is it's, there a difference? 
uh it's uh it depends like so there are a couple different lobotomies like the ones like Jarrett mentioned there's some where they would actually like crack open and remove there were like uh ones where they'd either go in through the eye or nose with the stick and they just kind of like like whip around and then there were some where they'd go in and they would cut like some of the tissue between your brain parts it's uh i think that's the one it is where it's their cutting the fibers in between oh. which is like it, that's that's actually probably the best one you could get because like um <laughs> oh, good it's the good kind yeah well actually so like there's people like people with like chronic epilepsy there's this little piece that connects uh connects your two con- uh connects your two hemispheres the corpus callosum and uh like people with seizures what happens is both both sides like go at the same time so what happens really commonly is they cut that and then the uh, the two hemispheres aren't connected anymore and then you can still kind of function i bet that's what they gave her because afterwards she can still function pretty normally so i bet they gave her one of the good ones where they're well, just they like want, they wanted to give her yeah. yeah where it's like they're they're making it where it's like certain areas aren't connected together so they can still kind of function independently but not as well um is my guess but yeah it's a yeah it was a leukotomy which i was kind of like I was like, oh yeah, I, I think I know that. I think that's where they sever stuff. But uh, I could be, I could be a little bit off. I don't, I don't quite know. There we go. L e u c o. Yeah, leukotomy. I think I'm pretty sure that's. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like cutting of white nerve fibers within the brain, especially prefrontal. And yeah, because like leukocytes are just like white cells, right? So it's. Awesome. So anyway, the the one thing, one of the dangers, I guess, of like propagating the fear of like medical horror is that it instills this distrust and fear in medical professions, which has consequences sometimes when you're trying to get people vaccinated <laughs> and then yeah. they're like, but I don't want to get the microbes and the nanites in me. Otherwise, they'll control my, my myself. And because like they're just like going off of whatever they want to hear, um, despite the fact that it's like no, I think we got a pretty good handle on vaccinations, but we don't know anything about brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brains are a, kind of a big question mark when it goes to messing around in there. So I don't know, but some people would just like say, "Well, see, they, big pharma." <laughs> you gotta watch out for big pharma. Yeah, it's it can get misconstrued. Double-edged sword. Unfortunately, yeah, I have a little bit of caution, but then there's other things that leads to like, you know, people, uh, you know, destroying the 5G towers. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it's all connected, right? I watched Angel at my table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same Cut thing. The 5G. I'm not sure if it was a point to make it about her being as a woman getting the, the medical thing, but she did. And then. The hospital she went was in it seemed mostly women. There was a couple of guys in there during that dance scene. But um, when Rupert gave birth the second time, you know, and reading these things about women getting given this or not listening to, there were several times where I felt like where Rupert's like, oh, this epidural's not working. And they, they she told it to the nurse, no, it's fine, it's working. And Rupert, she turns to me, she's in a lot of, she's like, I'm in a lot of pain. So I sort of stood by her side. It's like, no, no, can you check this out? No, she's fine. And then, you know, I felt like I had to step up as a man to say, no, look her, look her. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, you're right. It's it's slipped out. Yeah. Uh, Oh, whoops. We were putting this into a tangerine the whole time. There, Yeah, yeah, no, there is um, something that doesn't get stressed enough to people in general is like having an advocate 
when you're dealing yeah. in the medical world because yeah. there, there is an arrogance. People are like flawed, uh, well-meaning, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they also have like a, well, who are you to tell me how to do my yeah, yeah. job? But you're like, yeah. no, sometimes like that person might see something that you're not seeing and they're telling you, but they're kind of like, no, 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 let me do this. You're like, no, like they're saying this. And you're like, yeah. that's what they all say. You're like, no, listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's what it is. And yeah, uh, speaking of like, um, the, the medical industry and uh, medical practices in regards to uh, women. Uh, I think about uh, the movie Haxon from way back when the documentary mm-hmm. it has that entire segment on uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's 1920. So it is like more uh, of the time rather than a 1990 movie talking about like 1924 through like 1960 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if Haxon, it was like made in that period of time talking about like, oh, there's these witches and then like we didn't know what it was, but now we know it's about hysteria, yeah, <laughs> hysterical hysteria, women. Yeah. And these are now treatments that we can use to treat women's hysteria, which is again like, oh, it's a snapshot of like 1924 uh, science or medical understandings of uh, mind and body or whatever. But mm-hmm. and here we go. This is like kind of more of the... Um, checks those boxes like a girl interrupted or a one flew over the cuckoo's nest where Mm -hmm. it's just like a yeah horror show or there's like the what's his name frederick wiseman um the titicut follies which kind of like blew the lid off of like how um these like mental institutions were in reality Mm -hmm. uh just like kind of giant like uh free-for-all sites of like uh, who knows what they're doing but they're not they're got to keep them off the streets help out the family so they can go get jobs and keep taxes going and we'll just we'll take these people and shuffle them off into where into the dark shadows and uh whatever (laughs) we'll we'll try out we're gonna try out some stuff we're gonna we're gonna try out some some new medicine that got sent to us maybe it'll work i don't know i'm gonna write a a journal though and it's gonna be approved by my peer here who also will be like hey do you want to help me write mine and get like some credentials on it fuck yeah i do and uh the, the the circle jerk continues right rj I mean, I guess if that's the language you want to use, mm-hmm. I, I would I would choose some more delicate uh, terms, but uh, that's fine. Ski poles. Uh, again, Dutch rudders. Not quite. What? That's a potentially. A, that's not. a very nice data poster, by the way, in the back. It's nice to see it. Is it uh, is it coming in clear right now? Beautiful. See, it's like I've long said, we just need a Guinan on one side, maybe a Quark. So one of the things that this see, this this is the most interesting part of the three for me. For the sure. one thing that this also kind of goes into the territory of that I don't know how I feel about is this idea that like art will save you, which I mm. think because that's basically what happens is yeah. she, yeah. so she's, so she goes on to become a writer and there's kind of these little bits and bobs of like her influences. Like she has the teacher in part one that like really had a big influencer on being a storyteller and like mm-hmm. writing. And she's like, Oh yeah, I really like that. But I don't know. It's not the, it's not this, like, it doesn't focus in on her being a writer that much. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, she writes. There's no like moment of her, like sitting around at the cigarette at the typewriter <laughs> writing. Cause that's not really how it works. It's not interesting. It's kind of like, Oh, she's doing it. Um, but that's the thing is like the only reason that she doesn't wind up, um, you know, shuffling around with that teddy bear under her arm is cause she kept writing and it got into the right hands and, uh, she winds up getting a publishing deal 
or like if her book or a book of hers is going to get published or printed. And then the doctors go, oh, oh wait, I, okay, we won't do that. <laughs> it was scheduled for whatever a week from now or two weeks from now. And who knows, like uh, yeah, the the the, the license of that. But like mm-hmm. apparently, in the movie yeah. and in the book, it wasn't clear. You know, I think they like to say it came right down to the wire, you know, yeah. or the day of she got. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like, I tried looking into myself. I'm pretty sure we're talking a week, two weeks max, you know, it was scheduled uh, when she got, oh, you got a book published. So it was, it was, I think, in real life, really to the wire of you're about to get us. Oh, whoops. No, it turns out you're not an idiot. Can, yeah. I, be, can I be honest with you, boys? Yeah. I thought she did get the lobotomy and still. Yeah, you were gave. saying that before. Yeah, no, yeah. No. I, I, I feel like because, I was way off for a second. Yeah, she got because she got published. Yeah. They were like, I, oh wait, no. They basically after she got published, it was sort of like, <laughs> let's oh, okay, let's get you out here within a month. Let's cancel that operation and get you out. I, I, I think I missed that part. And I, I thought she you thought the whole third, you thought the whole third part of it, like where everything's like, oh, she's gonna go on a boat ride. Yeah. She's gonna travel around and hang out with. I like... thought this was a pro lobotomy movie. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out with the hanging out with the Bohemians on like this little like island paradise, and uh, it, everything works out great. <laughs> this is what happens when you. Whoa. Uh... When you don't give a movie 110. So, you know. when, when seeing the movie and what you, what you mentioned before with um, Art Saved You, is, is that the question as well? Like, do you have to be, like, something a little bit wrong with you to be a good writer? Are all good writers a Seems bit like fucked up? Because in my opinion, yes. Like, um, even... Like I just feel like if you hadn't had this done to you, or you haven't you you haven't got a different view on life, you've got really nothing interesting to say. Which yeah, probably right. I mean, but so much of it's relative, right? I, I mean, and so much of the the great social project is has been for like you know a long time. Let's eliminate differences. Let's let's teach people the same. Mm. Let's like everyone kind of like works on this one curve and it let's teach every single person the exact same way and it's going to work out one way or another that's neither here nor there and if it, and if it changes that'll be the great artist you know there'll be a little, a little different um and then of course there's the other side of that where it's like there's the person who's like medicated uh and they're like well i, I, I to write i have to be off my meds <laughs> yeah. some, but sometimes it's like no sometimes they're just like there's nothing that can be done um it's just like they're going to be rambling writing people i'm an artist painter but like during the day i sling shit at cars from the street um and i don't know what there's no right or wrong there it's just kind of like yeah that's something that happens uh and it is what it is Um, there's like no even no judgment in that beyond the fact like oh wow i mean it's not that's not the lifestyle for me personally um maybe i'm just going to be a boring person with a with like a uh you know middle class view of the world of like well you know it'd be nice to be able to write for a living or whatever but i've got to pay those bills yeah <laughs> yeah i gotta cover that mortgage and i'll read other people and like there's a lot of people who are like there's a will um there's going to be people that pull it off uh there's very boring people who are very successful that write and it's like man this is tr- 
complete crap, but beloved crap. And there's nothing wrong with them at all. They're just uninteresting, but they just write. But it clicks with enough people, and that's what it is. And then there's really Jean interesting... Renoir. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking in like in terms of the Criterion Collection. If you yeah. think of all the good movies we've seen, is there any movie directed by someone that we assume is relatively normal that was anything interesting? Like I don't know much about Jean Renoir. Was he, he looked like a normal dude? His movies fucking suck. He's a he's a, a he's a square. <laughs> Yeah, Werner Herzog in the other. The only other one I could think of was the director, but he was pretty, like, I think he was pretty ahead of his time, like Douglas Sirk. He, he's a bit of a square, but he was ahead of his time, I think, his movie, movies and something to say. Man, yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's a I'm big... thinking of people, David Lynch, you know what I mean? Or even Alan Moore as a writer. Mm -hmm. You've got to be on that next level to be interesting. Well, I mean, to me, like, I mean, these are, like, also the top tier like creators i guess like the ones that, yeah they're the ones that come to our like our minds it's there's but there's like this like middle of the road like they're very good but they might not be like that one that like elevates beyond above and beyond where they're probably yeah. going to remember forever and those were the ones that are going to be interesting forever and ever but there's like the people who just like they write and not just like you know maybe technical manuals but they write novels and there's Tom like clancy <laughs> well yeah he's a um, brown Sir, their um, Da Vinci Code. Serviceable. Dan Brown was certainly something that came to mind. Actually, I had Dan Brown in my head. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, because like, who knows what actually drove them to become writers? Like, what was their yeah. impetus of like, I really just want to write like stories about being a man and like with yeah. my, with my team, my seals, and uh, taking down the bad guys. And that's what their that's what their office was like. Was that what you got into writing for, or is that just like what? You started writing that sold, and then you just kept doing that. And now you're like, that, now you're on the back of like, you know, helicarriers with your uh, aviator sunglasses, <laughs> arms across your chest, being like, yeah, I don't. Is he still alive? Tom Clancy. <laughs> yeah, I think Thinking, so. This, this brings it into the, the third part of the movie. Not that I want to skip to that just yet, but, but he <laughs> Where Jennifer Frame meets Tom Clancy? No, <laughs> Tom Clancy is very dead. But her publisher mentioned the other author. This author sucks. But she writes bestsellers, you know what I mean? Presumably that author he's talking about was someone of, of normal mind. Uh, mm. And and in the movie, when we're watching it, Rupert brought up, like, if she wasn't in this mental institute, would she have been a popular writer or would she have been a good writer? The answer, I think, is probably not. But would she would she swap getting out, you know, those eight years of mental institute for a couple of good books? Probably <laughs> That's that's kind of like uh, that thing that it was in like shows and they were making fun of it. But it's like people putting out rap albums that are like, hey, but you've never been in prison. So you're not your albums aren't going to be as sellable as someone who has. So it's like you got to go like get caught with a gun. Yeah, yeah. Go to prison just for like a week or two. And then and then we'll release your album and be like, yeah, you from prison, man. And yeah. like same kind of idea, right? It's like writer. It's like, oh, you were in like the asylum. You got some yeah. serious shit people are going to take you for real same kind of yeah. same kind of idea maybe you wonder if back then that that in her books was was that publicized i think one of her early books was about her time the mental institute so probably in the blurb it said she was in one so it'd make you more interested to reading it but i wonder mm -hmm. if if they used that time when she started writing books oh this she was mental for eight years you know read this mm -hmm. book it's gonna be a cracker i don't know so the only so th this is like maybe like a 
telling thing. So if you go to Janet Frame's Wikipedia page, you look at the list of her novels. It looks like she wrote a dozen, uh, not including short stories and children's fiction and poetry and autobiographies. And there's only one that actually has a hyperlink. And yeah, that is that, the, the, that... the Carpathians, uh, which sounds like it's some, a real nice piece, RJ, of magic realism. Oh, God. Oh, is that, that what that is? That's what I was saying in the intro. I don't think New Zealanders or – and then especially – the the general population of the world knows who the fuck Janet Frame is. She's not culturally relevant. But even even this movie in general, it's why it's a shame it was in the Criterion Collection. Like uh, Jane Campion's not like super relevant to New Zealand filmmaking. I mean, Piano was a huge yeah, it was a huge milestone in films. But as far as people talking about now, and what I actually was trying to reach out to Jane Campion before I started this, I was like, can you give any relevance? To the majority of people watching this movie who have one no idea what the fuck New Zealand is, two no idea who Janet Frame is, and three most likely has no idea who you are, and and that's the majority of people I assume yeah. watching this movie on the Criterion. Well, I guess because like I was wondering, like I have no idea how to even draw a parallel of like what would be the equivalent of like Janet Frame in terms of like a, a Canadian author. Because in my mind, I'm like, who are like really famous like female. Canadian authors like well Margaret Atwood but like mm-hmm. she, but she's like I mean <laughs> next level yeah like she's like huge and like you know like uh, even without like the Handmaid's Tale stuff like she's like her work kind of is like this sort of like uh science fiction but like literature and uh, like her so I mean like she's like yeah mega star but then like Janet Frame it's like oh she has a movie based on her and there's a story about her mm. and then there was like oh, I'm not even sure the is it the is it an author that is like uh, the, the the diving or the butterfly and the diving bell? Because like the whole thing about him is like it's just like an autobiography of a writer who has like you know becomes like you know a a, a brain inside of a body and that's mm-hmm. it. And then it's like well he goes on to be a writer and it's like well is it like because the writing is actually good or is it because there's a story attached to it? Like this is the woman that like was saved by her writing from the mental institute. I don't know. I, I it's unfair to make make a judgment on it because I've never yeah. read a frame. I've never read a page. I have no idea if it's good. I'm, I'm not much of a reader, but I'm a, I'm a movie watcher. So I don't know. Those are I don't thoughts. think it, <laughs> I don't think it came out in the movie very well. Like when I especially when I first watched it, I thought she was a bit of a dolt, like a bit of a bit of a dingbat. But actually, in the book, what she states as a is that she was actually and, and well she she backs it up with with achievements she made at school she was actually very highly intelligent and i think because of the new zealand way of speaking it's like oh yeah i wrote a book oh yeah that's good <laughs> actually i think in her mind she was actually she was on that uh intelligence level of she i think she was incredibly smart well i, I and i 100 percent believe that but like i don't know if it comes through in the film it, def- it definitely mm-hmm. doesn't. She comes off as, as sort of a simpleton. And there's only select, like, I don't, I think we probably needed a scene of just maybe just a passage of her book to be like, whoa, you know, or something she wrote about the mental institute or something to be like, wow, she, she you know, she's, she's got something going on there. But, mm-hmm. but then at least we didn't enter this movie being a, mo- a book adaptation, especially a movie about a writer that we got fucking just endless amounts of, um, What's the word? You know, when they're talking over the movie, um, you know the word. What word? Voiceover. 
voiceover. Yeah, we, didn't get, we didn't get in. We didn't get. I'm glad we didn't get endless amounts of narration. Right. But we might have. We might have needed something just to be like, oh, she actually is at this time producing some pretty incredible moving yeah. stuff. Yeah, like give us some prose to go off mm-hmm. of or like her, her insights. Like pretty. Yeah. Cool. So you're like, oh, this is the her internal voice that you when it's expressed on the page this is what it is this is like how she's thinking and this is how she's interacting in the world because yeah just and this like... is, yeah and this is how she's interpreting the situation with the gun that this is how she interpreted it i i mean i can't believe i'm asking for more narration in the movie because yeah. most likely yeah, yeah most movies i'd say cut the narration right could cut it all yeah there it's very small hey like is there I like it's, thinking not, back, in the first there, like, part there's one, almost none scenes? yeah the, in the first That's part it. there's none and in the in the second part i can't remember and the third part is a big thing about her being sexless uh but Same. yeah there's not there's not much <laughs> being yeah. it's just a couple just a couple just right. a couple um but yeah so i mean part two ends with oh she's okay she's gonna be okay folks and now she's gonna go on another tr- and she's gonna go to another journey away from new zealand all entirely Correct, and then mm-hmm. and then but she, and she just goes to like yeah uh, somewhere on the Some Mediterranean, <laughs> Spain. There you go, mm-hmm. um, and then she gets to hang out with a bunch of folk, uh, and she's a little off, and they're kind of like oh yeah you know she's a little quiet and kind of weird, but uh, you know there's the, her, uh, her 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 boyfriend <laughs> that emerges her her fuck buddy, um, he's just like this um, this the American from Ohio. So he... Oh God! <laughs> this shitty poem before they had sex. Yeah, um, and then they and they fuck, um, and it's like ah, uh, it's like Henry, it's like Henry and June. I feel like I'm watching Henry and June all over again. Hooray! Uh, it's a movie, RJ. So have we the, watched the, it yet? No. Oh, okay. Henry and June is also the name of the characters in that movie, uh, the TV show Kablam. Were you big Kablam boys? Uh, nope. But guess Never what? Hey, guess what year uh, Henry and June came out? <laughs> 1990. Yeah. It's about Henry Miller and his wife, June. It's your so wife, I, Miller, too. Yeah. And it's about them uh, also enjoying a bohemian lifestyle. In, it's 1931, so, you know, probably 20 years earlier. Um, you know, he's about talk, writing about that very sexy Tropic of Cancer. Mm. You, know, you like Fred Ward? You like Tremors? I do like Fred Ward. Wow. Quite a quite a bit. What about Richard E. Grant as as Loki? How about Kevin Spacey as as Richard Osborne or Norman Osborne, perhaps? Like the Green Goblin. Green Goblins in this. Is he gonna get your kids? Yeah. Oh, uh, literally. Uh, Bridget Leahy uh, of uh, Jean Roland, like lesbian vampire fame, is in the movie as well. She plays a prostitute. Hmm. Yeah. Since, it all it all comes full circle. So this last hour, like, it's like well made, but I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just kind yeah, of like it, it feels like after you've come through the medical horror stuff for a, in, for an hour, you're like, I don't know if I need like another fifty minutes nah. of the story extended indefinitely. Like, because there's no just, like there's no stakes. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, she's still kind of awkward and finding her place and like other people are kind of like reacting to her sort of, but everything's going to work out fine because there's a whole wide world out there. Get it? It's like almost like sucks to New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, Hey, if, if you go somewhere mirrors, else, things can be fine. It mirrors Jane Campion's experience. When we went to that movie premiere, she talked about, and most New Zealanders uh, have to have the experience of going overseas 
uh, Jane did it as well. It's just like, yeah, to become a famous, you, you, you go over, you, you, you get your experience, you do something over there, and then you bring it back with you. That's a that's a very common uh, New Zealand thing. I, as, I, as we we, tr- we we try to hit you with high interest student loans to bring you back. Uh, please come back, bring your knowledge, and, and come back and pay your student loans. Um, I think there is like an element too of like um, be, us Canadians and unis in New Zealand, the 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 colonies. Go uh, back to England. Yeah, go we, back we, to the we, old well, country. Well, we'll go somewhere else. Like, cause you're like, you're kind of on this outpost that like has <laughs> like you're now like well now you have to go out into the rest of the world and see what what see what else is out there and it's encouraged kind of like you don't gain your. Uh, you don't become seen as like making it if you are just trying to make a living in your home place. To the, to the, you, you have to, to get to you, you go to America and you have to uh, you have to make a um, your name elsewhere before you're even recognized. Yeah, yeah. To to this day, OEs. Um, do you have OEs overseas experience? Like going to England uh, and having your OE is like this big. I never did it, um, but is this big. Thing that all New Zealanders have to do, they have to do their OEs and go to England for a year. Usually, it's um, sometimes usually before uni, you'd you'd go to your OE, then you come back and do your uni. Um, it's it's yeah, this mm-hmm. this huge thing. Yeah. Um. So at the end of the day, I feel like uh, Angel My Table is uh, some... a great representation of New Zealand and New Zealand bu- cinema. Bu- bougie. So? It's very it's very bougie. <laughs> so oh. I I also didn't like the third part and, and I thought it dragged on you could probably just say and then she went to Spain became a writer and all was well afterwards but Rupa on the other hand as a as an Indian woman watching the movie uh, she was she liked the third part because she was so on Jane's side from I guess it's how mm. much you're, you're on Jane's side at the first part of the movie she's like no I want Jane over and this is her direct quote I was rooting for Jane to get that dick um, so she was, she was really on side. Really, <laughs> she was really on her side of, of that scene and found it really important where, where it seems like the rest of us were just, Oh my God, this so is the, just the, going so, on so it's, and it's, on. It's, it's like a movie called Dick and Jane. <laughs> wow. Big time. Hey, one thing we never covered. Do you think she had dentures? Yeah, she did. She got her teeth removed. Uh, and then yeah, had dentures after that. Was it mentioned that it was dentures, though, or did they just she just have? Teeth I think there was later? there was the scene before she got electric shock therapy. There was like a big scene of uh, uh, people's dentures and and jars. Mm-hmm. Like there was a shot of those. It wasn't mentioned what she would, she certainly wouldn't have got implants. She wouldn't have been able to afford them. It would have been dentures for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just curious when you were talking about that dick. I was like, <laughs> what about dentures? Oh, you I'm just God. not in a weird way. I was yeah. just like, what happened to her teeth? I, I, just interested that's all just interested where were we jared um well i was done i kind of saying that uh i don't know this is this is very criterion to me (laughs) uh yeah and um i don't know what did what did you two think of this movie oliver yeah i've got more to say but if you want me to go first i can but but basically basically where I thought this movie failed was, so in the book, which I read, the main central theme of this movie was for good or bad, Jane, for her whole life, was told what to do. 
uh, what wasn't pushed is like she was becoming a teacher at one point. She sort of mentioned one point of the thing, I want to become a poet. And then suddenly she was training to be a teacher. That was a big thing. She always wanted to be a poet, but everyone told her, you know, especially being a woman at the time, you know, become a teacher. That's basically your only career option. And there were other points when she was with that Frank Sargentson, which is apparently a very famous uh, New Zealand author. He pushed her to go to England. There was scenes where, uh, you know, he got her on the sickness benefit. It seems insane. She didn't get given it after eight years at a mental institute. Mm -hmm. But then he was also the one who pushed her to get the literary grant to go to England. She comes to England. She arrives with that other douchebag Irish guy, and he's trying to force her to do something else. She goes to Spain. In Spain, all the Spanish love her because she's not doing what the Americans are doing. Suddenly she does it, and then she gets sort of ostracized by those Spanish maids. So it was what the book and what I thought didn't come across in the movie was that theme of, yeah, she, and not towards the end, it was everyone was telling her this, actually, you know what, Jane, you're not, you're crazy. You have to go to a mental institute. You have to be a teacher. You have to go to England. So some of those experiences were positive, but for her whole life, she was pushed, she was just pushed along and she accepted it wherever she went. There was another scene in the second part, I think, where she was staying with, like, it was like an auntie or something like that in that shitty little house. And then her sister came and was like, oh, we're going to tell, oh, I'm going to tell mum that the situation you're living in is not great. And she was like, no, 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 don't tell her, don't tell her. She was one of those persons that um just didn't want to go against the mold. She never, you know, she ate her food in the kitchen or she never went into the common room at uni. She just, she never wanted to be a burden on anyone else. Mm. Um, yeah, and that, that came up. Yeah, so the movie comes out of his light and poetic, where in the book, every scene that was featured in the book was, this is what happened, and this is why it was incredibly important to me. And I, I don't think it came across in the movie. Hmm. Oliver just fell, fell out of the, off the chair. And... Oh, no, I'm back. He's back. He's he's out of existence. Would you like to hear what Jane Campion herself personally told me to say? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's some there's some good old um, Italian racism in it as well. Ooh. So um, I, <laughs> this is exactly what I thought about this movie because it's got a pretty positive reaction, I think. Mm -hmm. And so she starts it with exactly my thoughts. I have often puzzled over why people loved my film and Angel at My Table so particularly. Um, at the Venice Film Festival, bloody bloody bar, she experienced a reaction unlike. Uh, mine before or any after so she was surprised herself that the movie was it was a big hit like i when i watched this movie it was so middling to me that i i don't even know why it's in the collection to be honest well we've, we've got to the point now where fucking any movie could be in the collection there's no rhyme or reason yeah. there's no rules um, uh i mean uh, i guess it's it's representative of new zealand and but it's, I, it's, it's not really because you yeah. have you have no idea where in new zealand nope. it's set there's no establishing shots whatsoever. We have no idea yeah. what city. There's scenes where she's walking home and she's constantly walking over that hill. It's like, where's the fucking road? Like, where are you? You're in the middle of farmland or what? Um, and the, I, I did like the aspect of sort of like, it just looked like New Zealand. Well, it sort of it, uh, uh, increased the stereotype. We're all just sort of sheep shaggers living on farms. You know, there's a couple of, you could always hear, we, mm -hmm. we kept thinking our kids were crying, but it was like the sounds of crying sheep in the mm -hmm. background or something like that. Um, but she, she also wrote, I had no feeling of how my very long film was going down. So she was very aware that the movie was way too long. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just wanted to read this bit about it because it cracked me up. Sitting next to me was an elegant, tall Italian woman, tanned to the color of well-cooked bacon. 
how how well cooked extremely well cooked. Well, well tanned you know but but she wrote in her experience she was unsure of how the movie was going to be received and this a tall italian well cooked bacon looking woman was was what happened in the movie she was on and she explains that she was sort of crying at the point and and, and fighting for jane at the end to become a successful writer so supposedly it worked there um yeah, so just I guess it depends on how invested you are in the first two parts of seeing her through that could carry you on to the third. Like if you're so invested of seeing it sort of shit given to her the first two parts, will you be will you be willing to watch her fuck around in Europe for ages and become a become a writer in, in someone's caravan? And were you? Were you? I, I no, no, I, I wasn't really. I think that was maybe one of the best parts of the film. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's interesting. What else, what else did uh, when you were talking with Jane? What else did she say? Crikey, have you seen the Pie Awards? Steak and cheese one. Actually, interestingly <laughs> enough, I've lived in all this. So, wasn't really sure, but uh, where Jane was with Frank Sargeson was in the North Shore Takapuna, and where she ended up in the rest. So, I've lived in all of Jane's. Uh, uh, sorry, Janet frames suburbs that she lived in in her life so she's been a presence in my life yeah she we must be somewhere she was a presence in your life more than you know maybe yeah yeah more than more than i felt i mean maybe even more right Jarrett? (laughs) yep right Jarrett. what are we doing here boys uh, i've got some more books i've got oh wow look at that Book on New Zealand film here. Is it all Taiki Watiti in Peter it's, Jackson? It, it basically, so Janet, uh, Jane Campion's section is about a page. The first is, yeah, Peter Jackson. Uh, Russell Crowe gets a huge mention. Mm. Mel Gibson gets a mention as well, which is irrelevant. He's Australian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got, they got, even the writers themselves got confused. Um, but apparently, so it made $575,000 at the box office a result that positioned it to be the fifth highest grossing New Zealand film to date. So that's just my sad. Surprise, yeah. My, it's half a mil baby. That's big in New Zealand dollars. You could buy a house. Oh, half a house. Um, half a house. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty uh, substantial. I think so. Yeah. Apparently it was, you know, somewhat of a success at the time. Um, but I couldn't say anyone from the older generation, like my parents' generation, that would know who Janet Frame was or who would actually even know of this movie. I don't think it has much cultural relevance to New Zealand. That you know of. Yeah. Oh, and we've got a, we've got a, we've got another book just before so you guys like, yeah, this Ooh. is Ooh. shot this in New Zealand. I've got before. Yeah, so this is about cinematography in New Zealand. Yeah, so um, this was a very nicely shot movie cuz yes. she made yeah, some, she, she she made a comment that like she was like I don't know how this is going to play on a theater screen because this was shot for mm. television it's like all medium and close-up shots but like mm-hmm. i was actually like oh this is a very nice looking movie yeah it was i like that scene where they're fairies in the woods even though it's like as you pointed out earlier there's a lot of bad shit going on and they're just playing it's like it's, it's, it's nice it's, it's very precious like the movie precious no no oh have you seen that movie Jarrett? no do you want to no I'm surprised that's not anything. So tell us more about your cinematography book, Oliver Granger. 
so just the thing I mentioned before, it was 16 mil. So it said it was shot in 16 mil, but the decision was subsequently made to create a 158 feature film blown up to 35. So yeah, that resets my point where I don't think this ever ended up on TV and probably why there was mentioned before, no establishing shots. Another reason was when she goes to Seacliff, um, the mental Institute, that building no longer exists, but it actually was New Zealand's pretty much most impressive building ever made. Um, so it's unfortunate it wasn't for filming. So how why would you shoot that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was demolished. It was demolished. Like, I guess because because of the, what well, you talked about, the his, sort of history of mental institutes and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, like if you look at it, when you're talking, I'll go find you a picture. But it's um, yeah, just one of the most incredible buildings. But because, you know, the history and that kind of stuff, they just go, fuck it, blow it up. Let's, let's move on. We don't want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Let's just yeah. bury them. Um, uh, but also what was present apparently. So, um, it was about how, oh, here we go. Uh, not only is, is the camera clip close to the character, but many shots are framed at her head height to enhance her point of view. And the first part where Janet is framed is played by three different actresses. So there was mm. three, I think there was probably a second one in college and then maybe a, yeah. a different one on adult, uh, uh, to a teenage years and early childhood, this gradually was raising the height level. So when they were filming in her her point of view, apparently throughout the film, they would be shooting down here. And as she got older, the point of view was raised higher uh, as her age grew. I totally picked up on that. It was one of the first things I noticed. <laughs> this, yeah. Wait, there's three different actresses? <laughs> wait a minute, she didn't get lobotomized? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally picked up on that, you guys. Don't mm-hmm. don't even look into it anymore. Just trust me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting, though. There's a lot of craft that goes into this stuff. Craft that gets unnoticed on people who are like yeah. me, who are just kind of like... Uh, well, oh, 300 movies down who no longer research the movie, that's for sure. Oh, oh if for if, sure. If, if it ever happened before. Yeah. I remember, I, remember, I remember getting books. I remember those days. Yeah. This is a pretty impressive building you just sent us. Yeah. So there's, well, there's pretty much buildings like that that don't really exist in New Zealand. I don't know if you had it in Canada. I guess Canada uh, was... Out east. I don't know out, how, out, old, your, don't know out, how out, old your country is. Out east, they have stuff like that. Uh, maybe, but right before they get to us, they have some cool-looking yeah. buildings like this. And then now everything here is strip malls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, so New Zealand as a country is, is one of the last uh, sort of countries ever found or basically founded by europeans that is um and so you had this period of you know beautiful 1800s buildings but since we're so young we had no knowledge of sort of historical um uh you know preserving those buildings so all of those were destroyed and re you know rebuilt so we, yeah there's nothing like that really exists anymore but you know something like england you'll see shit like that all the time because by that point they'd understand that you want to keep these old oh, buildings they, around uh, yeah, but they, we never we never got that here until they, now we're like wait a minute shit <laughs> well yeah, the, the 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 english fetishize that stuff that's like that's their entire industry for tourism it's just that past and uh, look look how great we look were at this old building look, look yeah, how great yeah. we were <laughs> remember remember when we before uh, immigration remember, remember when we exploited the whole planet <laughs> that was great and then we lost it all and we couldn't even pay our garbage men so what what are things you learned about new zealand after watching this movie uh it's like anywhere else one thing. it's like everywhere else it stinks i'll tell you one thing if you're in new zealand you're gonna drown yep 
Well, just, you're gonna drown. So it's we got, the only we, way you're gonna we, die. We, we, we had two drownings, and I'm, I'm, in my mind, I went, "Well, I guess they are surrounded by the Pacific, right?" But I'm like, I don't think they're drowning in the ocean necessarily. Well, one, no, because they one one girl drowned, drowned in the, in the bathhouse. And the yeah. other yeah. was like a lake. Was it a lake yeah. or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, lakes are pretty hard to swim in. You guys would know about that, I suppose. But without the salt, you, you don't really float. So, uh, yeah, if you swim in lakes, you know, you, you, it's it's quite a lot more work. Yeah. I mean, we don't. We are completely landlocked, so we only know lake swimming. We do not have ocean swimming. So this floating business sounds incredible, but uh, <laughs> that is not something that uh, we are. Privy come on to. down, I'll take you to the beach, tell, eat a pie, and show you Hobbiton. Tell, tell me more about float. buoyancy. <laughs> mm, buoyant. Yeah, the the number one thing I learned from this is that if you live in New Zealand, you're going to drown, and it just seems like a accepted fact at this point. So that's fine. That's no no biggie. I mean, it is what it is, right? You come to Canada, something else is gonna get you, right, Jared? <laughs> what in the world? I don't even know what this is. This, this it's a, a person that was at Seacliff, uh, the mental institute. She was oh, okay. In. Mm. okay. Yeah, it's a that's a nice big building. Looks cool. Archie, what did you think of this movie? Haven't I already told you? Tell me again. I, I thought Despite, you see. I thought you got the lobotomy too. Uh, I did for about five minutes there. I was kind of. Uh, uh, this is probably the briefest I've ever talked on this podcast, but I feel like you guys have covered a lot of ground here, so I feel like I don't have to. Uh, I thought it was a good show. I mean, it's like uh, you guys have both kind of pointed out. Like, um, there's some really nice shots in this bad boy uh i do think it's a bit of a um i wouldn't even say grind uh a slog it's a long yeah it's it's a slog it's a long movie so there there are dips like uh and i think i dipped at the wrong times like when i thought that a character got a lobotomy but didn't (laughs) um and that's fine that's fine. I, I'm. I'm. I'll wear that crown. I'll. I'll, I'll carry that cross. To, to, all day. to go with another with your other crowns. You have many yeah, crowns. I, I have many crowns. I'm, I, I'm gonna reiterate. I was also unaware that there was two different actresses in that movie from oh, 200. Yes. I, I recall. Yeah. I recall. Mm-hmm. So it's not just RJ's There's, fault. That, 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 that does. That does come up often yeah. uh, on YouTube. There seems to be a lot of you people out there. You. You, awesome. you, you weirdos, but uh, that's fine. I think fine. I think maybe we are the right ones is what, yeah. is what the point we is. We were here. so invested in the movie, we just believed the illusion of cinema that we didn't even <laughs> so notice. You were swept away by the magic on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's about filmmaking, Jared. It's about cinema. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Um, Thoughts. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was like a decent show there's it does slog for me a little bit um <laughs> what i praise it was decent it was kind of a slog <laughs> i mean that's kind of where we are with this podcast right well uh, no last last, uh, well, last last week's like this movie's awesome and uh, that movie was awesome you you guys have i've looked up i was just curious to see like oh where can i come back again that's right right on godzilla the 300 to 400 section comes – there's some fucking weird spine numbers like the golden age of television and all this. Oh. There's some real bizarre spine. Well, spines. there's like – well, I'm, I'm really uh, – I think RJ has been really excited to watch Berlin Alexanderplatz. 
um, the whatever is 13, 14 episode series. Oh, God, no, I mean, that'll take a, that might take more than an episode, but I, I think at least should, we got a month of samurai films coming up. Yeah, we, we do, and, it's, and, and, and so you, we get, you guys can do that one a week, right? Uh, no, week? we're, we're going to do two double headers, but it's broken uh, up. No, no, it's going to be broken up during ghoul school, so we'll only do it like every oh, other nice. week. Yeah, it's all news to me. So I, I feel I feel like a real Janet frame right now. Yeah, you're, I'm being you're being told what to do. Being told what to do. No one's listening. I got big red hair, and people just people just don't pay attention to me. And I'm just here, just doing this. One one thing I'd like to mention in the movie as well, which uh, I don't know if it's happening in Canada as well, but the uh, stuff, especially stuff after COVID, is people not investing in the arts. That's the first thing mm-hmm. that goes right. And so, for example, when she moved to England, they they gave her quite a substantial amount of money to get over there, the New Zealand government, but were rewarded in turn with, for example, this movie that did was successful. Her books. You invest a little bit in these artists, you know, it might take a little while, but and some might turn out, but you, you get some good return and you're getting cultural uh, exposure of New Zealand to the to the wide world, which which I fear no longer happens. When do you hear of people getting grants nowadays to just do creative shit? It doesn't. That's the first thing that goes and and uh, and uh, and um, when they're cutting budgets, when when no tourists are allowed in the country. Get that Bolshevik shit off my podcast. Right? <laughs> I think, I think cut, the two things cut that, it to the bone. <laughs> I think we, we don't need art. That stood, yeah, that stood out to me is that Oliver saying that um, that art saved someone, which I think is very important. Art is real and it saves people every day. And I think two exposure is a potential avenue for profit, is what I'm hearing here. Oh, see, I like profit. Ooh, now you're talking yeah. about language, Quark. Well, that, that's just what I heard. Right. Um, gold, but, you got some of that gold-laced latinum over there? Gold-pressed latinum? Yeah. That's all I got, baby. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I think you guys actually talked about a lot of... I kind of popped in when I had something to say. Um, I think the asylum stuff is uh, pretty dark, and it's like, yeah, that's how that's going to go. I think poverty porn, as you put it, Jared, is uh, also... It is what it is. And then uh, I didn't mind old lady uh, or like older college girl going off, living her life, finally having a win. I was like, I'm fine with this, too. It's all about ups and downs. Ups and downs. <laughs> we call that swings and roundabouts. Yeah, ebbs and flows. Swings and roundabouts. Do you like the, the end being a successful New Zealand writer involves riding out of someone's caravan on their property? Mm-hmm. I, sort of like, I, she made it, guys. She's writing a book. She doesn't. I didn't think there was any other house. way to do it. That's I thought big I, I'm pretty New Zealand book money, baby. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Mel Gibson writes out of a van when he's writing scripts oh, down God. in New Zealand. Let me. So, the house that um, she when she first was pushed to go to England, that Frank Sargentson author, where she was living in the shed, is like a historical house in New Zealand. Um, and I was planning on doing some big photo shoot there for you guys, but Ooh. we drove past it and it was all nowadays, uh, people get pissed off because all the good, uh, roadways are turned into cycleways. So there's nowhere to park anymore. So we drove past it and I was like, Oh, I'm just looking for that house. It was like, Oh, it's probably that shit house over there. And I was like, Oh, you're probably right. And we drove past it. And that was, <laughs> that was that. <laughs> Let's not get out of the car. <laughs> 
Well, we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't find a park to get yeah. out, so that was no. that. Oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. Dear, dear, dear. Um, so you guys want to hear about who hates an angel at my table? I guess. All right. Well, here we go. Oh, I, I see that uh, Gary Collections reappeared. Uh-oh. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about these uh, these worked reviews. I, I want I want real ones, you know. Well, it is what it is. You tell them, Jer. Uh, <laughs> this is from today. From oh, weird. Lake Jones. I believe is a listener. Oh, shit. I don't know. I if, believe. I mean, if or they... a follower on you, uh, on Letterboxd at the very least. Well, they follow me, so apparently they are listening. I guess I should give them I, a uh, one thing. One thing. Can you do a fucking meme that just puts everyone's names out there and explains who they are? Because I've lost all. Oh. I used to be able to keep track of us all, but I, I just can't do it anymore. Too many. I don't know who these people are. The, the Creepsville. Oh, well, maybe I'd have to like figure it out and then like if they have a review i could have it that's a link that's the list is a, it'll yeah. click through the people that uh are listeners uh well lake jones writes i will never respect an australian go back to your jail island <laughs> uh i like it i like it a lot lake jones is a fan of uh the graduate being john malkovich minding the gap before sunset checks out with me okay no problems here Sweet. good good um, this is from Bulletproof Cupid, half a star. Okay. I don't know how many times I've started and stopped this over the past two months, but I just can't seem to get into it at all. Maybe I'll give it another shot at some point, but I give up for the moment. Just fucking give up, man. Like, honestly, we, we're doing, <laughs> I'm going to say we, because you've included me, but we're mm-hmm. doing this shit for you. If you don't fucking like a movie, just stop, stop. don't watch it, and never watch it again. There's so many good fucking movies <laughs> yeah. to watch. Just stop. Just don't, what, you don't have to watch, a, especially this movie. No one's telling you to fucking watch Angel at My Table. <laughs> just mm-hmm. stop. And, and and also like tell people about it on Letterboxd yeah, yeah. as a note to myself. Yeah, I was feeling about One it day. today. One day I'll maybe get to it. It's like just not feeling it. It's like no one cares. What's what's gonna change? It's fine. Like with me, when I talked about uh, for you non YouTube listeners about being a parent and rediscovering movies about parenthood that are more effective. There's nothing unless you become an author. There's nothing that's gonna change in your life. That's unless you move to New Zealand or something. There's nothing that's gonna make this movie more relevant. Yeah. Well, bulletproof Cupid, uh, their their picture is a minion in dominatrix gear, <laughs> and uh, their bio is, "I like what I like," <laughs> and make no excuses or apologies for it. You hear that, Oliver? No yeah, excuses. They, no excuses or apologies. Their favorite fa- film Yolo. is Platoon. <laughs> so, uh, they uh, they, well, they like that Ollie Stone. Yeah, yeah. The other Oliver. They like what they like. No excuses. Um, Gary Collection. I love those redheads, man. Wooderson. After such a great movie, even though there was, were no zombies, John dives back into the crap with Annie Down Under. Yeah, so like, uh, this had some like little orphan Annie vibes, right? A little bit. Mm. No, that red hair. Did you we, notice the copper didn't match the tripes? Oh, dear. We trade Daddy <laughs> Warbucks for a mental Oof. asylum. America for Australia and good songs for crap. I can't keep doing this, Dennis and John. It has to end sometime. It just has to. 
It feels like there's some coded messages from Gary. Um, something's going on here. Something's happening over there. Uh, Child of Saturn, one star. Although Janet Frame's life is interesting, I found this film incredibly dull. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Uh, it's worth noting that Gary Collection's favorite films have changed to The Rock, Armageddon, Fat Girl, and Salo. <laughs> I thought those were the same as two weeks ago. Are you confusing it with John Criterion? No, John Criterion was Jellyfish. Jellyfish, yeah. Guys. Jellyfish eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this person, uh, Child of Saturn, only has two one-star films, An Angel at My Table and Problem Child, the John Ritter film. So interesting. Both, interesting. both featuring redheads. Yes, yes. Strange. <laughs> hmm. um, Emperor Cusco. I do not like this movie. I was waiting for it to end the entire time. <laughs> Fucking turn it off. Stop, stop. Just stop. Very to the point. Uh, Wait. Here, here's another one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Bizcat. This is Child of Saturn. And then, like, three years earlier, there's Burn That Dress, one star. Although Janet Frame's life is interesting, I found this film incredibly dull. Whoa. What? Burn That Dress is a film? Burn That Dress no, is another, another user oh, who, who has a word-for-word -word review as another person as Child of Saturn. Like, it's exactly the same. Hey, Angel at my table, man. There's a lot of us out maybe, there. Maybe Burn That Dress was their first account, and then they lost access to it. Burn That Dress, that, think, that sounds like some sort of portrait it. and a lady on fire kind of shit, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, I think that's what happened here, Jared. Very questionable. Um, very Very questionable. questionable. Uh, some people are talking about how boring it is. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's a long one. One more for the for for the boys here. Dave Evans. There are some movies that you just react strongly to. For me, An Angel at My Table was one of the most memorable films I watched in 2014, but for all the wrong reasons. Even now, almost two years after seeing it, when I think of bad movies that I've seen, this comes right to my mind. It's not that An Angel at My Table is poor filmmaking. It is fairly competently made, and the general consensus seems to be that it's a good film. However, for me, it was a chore to sit through. I found it slow, boring, and somewhat unpleasant in places. Considering that I tend to like biopics and appreciate films about important literary figures, I even enjoyed Sylvia, I really should have been able to find something to like in this. As it was, I only came away with a better knowledge of Janet Frame's life. I could not muster up the desire to care for these characters on the screen and what happened to them. I can see why others like this film, but it was certainly not for me. Thanks. Do you, Thanks, do you, Dave. Do you, do you find that people have to like justify yes. like so hard of why they don't like just say you don't like you don't have to say that oh I didn't like this movie, but by the way I liked other similar movies. just say you don't like it, man. You don't have to justify it. Who are you talking to? Just the criterion creeps? We don't mm -hmm. we've it's it's, it, we. it's the people who like have to always write these like professional critics even who are like well french dispatch isn't going to make any new fans from people who don't like wes anderson they, they always have to write that because they're yeah. i don't know they have nothing to say they're not they're not real human beings with real thoughts they're just like i get paid to do this and i gotta make sure i cover all my bases make sure all voices are heard I, I, I make sure plurality is established. Otherwise, uh, I have failed as a writer to communicate. It's like, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no, you no didn't one... like this movie? Sure, mate. Uh, oh, Dave Evans. 
lover of period dramas, partial to British films and miniseries, and with a weakness towards slightly silly comedies and musicals. (laughs) Please feel free to follow me, especially if you have similar film interests. Favorite films uh, include The Sound of Music, To Kill a Mockingbird, Pride, and Sunshine on Lithe. Lithe. I think this guy's a big The Browning version fan, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave Spice World three and a half stars. Uh, <laughs> wow, is that his most recent review? That was uh, in 2020. COVID got him, man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, his last fil- the last film he watched was on Halloween of 2020. What she said... The Art of Pauline Kael. I don't think Pauline would have given this film a very good review. While occasionally entertaining, it doesn't feel well put together. Uh, a lot of the talking heads don't add anything at all to the documentary. The use of very short film clips to illustrate her life is fun, but surely longer clips from movies actually discussed would have made for a better documentary. Even Pauline's life is not very closely examined. As a film fan, there's plenty here that appeal to me, but as a documentary, this just isn't compelling. And then COVID got him. Yeah, that's me of all yeah. docos, though. Good subject, shit yeah. doco. Excellent. Like, literally every doco. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Sentiment. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. Pauline Shaw, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, for sure. That's something that happened. I, I get it oh, completely. Pauline. Yeah, who is Pauline Kale? <laughs> You'll you have to watch that uh, Charlie Kaufman movie. To find, one? to find out he, the, the the one with not Philip Seymour Hoffman. I did watch that one. I know. And you, didn't you find out all about Pauline Kale? I don't know. I don't remember names, dude. Fuck, fuck it. I don't even know your name. I know. <laughs> like, it's that lobotomy you got. Remember in the middle of the episode? Yeah, I know. It was only for like five minutes. Just... <laughs> Uh, any, any final thoughts on uh, an angel at my table? No. At the lobotomy table. We should. Hey, we all, so yeah. where where was this angel? It's a good question. <clears throat> Oliver, did you guys here? did you guys ever get beaten by your parents? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> did you guys not? I think mean, it's a New Zealand thing. Even I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like, uh, is that a euphemism or like full on like no they actually had to legally ban it here because it was undefined of what you could and couldn't do to a child and so they just had to say look this is getting a bit confused we're just gonna have to ban the whole thing but yeah it was very common most new zealanders would have i got hit by the head the, the hairbrush all the time yeah. but, I mean, but, but daddy did support my writing career by buying me a, a journal so it's all good <laughs> Wow, so, he's supporting the arts. Is is so? Is that what the title is in reference to? <laughs> I don't really remember her being at a table. No, actually, I have no idea what. They, well, she was. She was. She was, she was at a table in part one, which is not the name of part one. It's Island, um, and uh, yeah, part two is an angel at a table. Yeah, but that's where and she's. The, the third one's in Mirror City. But I think Mirror City, I can't remember. That's made clear. I don't know. Remember, remember those nice uh, Shakespeare quotes from uh, from our boy Prospero? Remember those? <laughs> I think that's when we should have had a Janet Frame quote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, you see Shakespeare, it's like, come on, talk normally, man. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. with that shit. 
Well, there you go. Uh, we're talking about getting beat up as a kid. Cool. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, after the break, we finally get that dick. Ugh. Let's take a walk along the beach before the tide comes in You sure missed one hell of a party last night I was just disappointed But the rest of the family won't even mention your name Yeah, I know you didn't mean to let me down last night Andy, don't keep your distance from me Andy, don't keep your distance from me RJ, are you going to become a great writer now that you've got like the... The framework to do so, the blueprint to guide you. I just, I'm just working on the lobotomy as we speak. I'm just trying. To, I'm picking my nose. I'm just trying to wait for that one day it goes a little too far, and then I'll come out with something a little bit more. Than, and I go, oh, my brain. You'll get that that sound of cartilage just giving way. It's like and a, it's like a boat, like a, the planks of the boat just grinding. Mm. And then we'll still do the podcast, and people will go, "Man, have things improved? Have <laughs> things gotten better?" They'll never even notice. I just want to state, RJ was pro electric shock therapy. Um, so, <laughs> listen, there have been instances oh, where it has improved people's mental well-being. He, he said specifically pro electric shock therapy on women that unconsent to it. Women with depression. Let's get well, that clear. I, I do remember at some point uh, talking about how they threw the baby out with the bathwater with electroshock because of the uh, the power of one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and that it does have application. But I do believe that study was authored by uh, Baylog's Blastin Electroshock House <laughs> of Fun. So I don't know. Uh, just all I, all I know is, if anyone's ever coming through Creepsville and you're looking for something to do, has your mood been a little bit off lately? Do you feel like you're just not quite up to where you can be? Come on down to the Baylock Blast Hut. He's, he's got a van. He'll come visit you. Yeah, I got a van. You tell me where you are, and I'll come to your house. We'll strap you and in. And I will apply the, the uh, thing. If you just had your teeth removed, please wait for about a week before the procedure. That's if, all. If you're interested in the service, you can contact us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll sure. give and we'll offer you a free quote. We've got a sure. Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. And Oliver, you're Smash the TV. Mm-hmm. As always. Always smashing televisions. Fucking hate them, man. They stink. Read books. What about monitors? <laughs> Are those any better? <laughs> I, put, I paid a lot of money for my LED here. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't be smashing that. It's wasteful. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, we've got YouTube. We've got a Patreon. And maybe you could be like in the Oliver seat and talk for, I don't know how fucking long it's been, four hours? Uh, this, this is going to be one of the longest we've done. Fuck, I, I, was, I was 
so sure it was going to be shorter than <laughs> shorter than the last episode. But if you take ten minute break, nah, it's still oh, nah. fuck. It was barely a ten minute break. Bare, barely. Well, barely. I just wanted to be like the movie overly long. Yeah. Too Did... much. <laughs> uh, apart Too from much the ghoul schools, yeah. Apart from the ghoul schools, this could be one of probably the longest just actual creep episode. Yeah, my, my roots came home before and like looked at me in the window like, "What are you still fucking doing?" <laughs> Give her one. She looks at me all the time when I turn on a crate. When the big C came comes up, even for this movie, she just saw the big C and it just recoiled in horror. Just, <laughs> she uh, said no. Fuck. She said no. No more. Well, she's or C for crikey. Crikey. <laughs> and there then th- that'll be the last time you ever hear that said. Question mark. For five t- years. Till t- t- Godzilla. Uh, next yep. week, Spine three hundred and two, Masaki Kobayashi's Harakiri from nineteen sixty two, with Patreon co-host number three, Justin Peterson. Mm-hmm. Co- coming at you. Guys, you guys have. You guys have to watch. Um, you have to do a supplement this week. You have to watch because you won't do fucking Takeshi Mike May. You have to watch his version of uh, Harakiri as well. I've never seen it, so I'll be. Oh, it. I have actually, and I totally forgot about it. I don't want to. Just, just watch. Just watch the good one. It's good. You get. You show me where it's available, and I'll watch it. Okay. How's that sound? I don't think I have that either. It's on uh, Russian tube. Ooh. Oh, is it on Russian tube? Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Russian tube lately. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Big things. I like that. I like that. I like what uh, uh, what's going on over there with the the Olympic Committee. They got tubes and everything. Well, they got tubes. Oh, yeah, tubes on tubes. Well, thanks, Oliver. <laughs> I hope it was mm-hmm. worth four hours of your uh-huh. life. Doubtful. No. No. So come on, come on, folks, come on down, join come us on, on the show. Don't do it. Don't. Yeah, I was like, I was like Janet Frame. I was full. Uh, they pressured me into doing this. I regret it. I want to be being told what I to don't, do. I want to enjoy movies. No, it's not what we do here. This is the anti anti film film podcast. Is that one person put one time in a review? Two guys who don't like movies. <laughs> yeah, and then I can't remember well, the rest, but that was it, it. It never will. Like, I don't know. It always is like, what the fuck? Why? Why are people expecting such high standards? Our logo is like the criterion C, but it's like pus and pubes. Like yep. it's, and it's, dripping. It's, it's, it's dripping. It's dripping. We're, we're, yeah. No good. <laughs> we're creeps. <laughs> yeah. We're not good dudes. Well, I mean, I am, but these two guys here, they're not good dudes. I've been telling you. <sighs> good. They're pro lobotomy. Yeah. Good night. All sweet dreams. What is it? Five Ooh. o'clock there, Oliver. Exactly. Five twenty. Wow, look at me. Good night again. Yeah.